0: Brent Martineau.
1: You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jacks.
0: Austin Lane.
1: He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio.
2: This is Action Sports
3: Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
4: Did we see a pitching duel last night for the MLB All Star game? The Jags signed a new wide receiver? Just who is Marcus Sims, where did he come from, and what does he bring to the table? In the four o'clock hour, we are joined by wrestling personality Conrad Thompson to talk all the wrestling, podcasting, and uh, just a little bit of everything else. And then who's the best male athlete? Who's the best female athlete? Who's the best esports gamer? We're going to break down those first two topics as, as we, we get, know, we're going to break
3: down all the we're topics. We're going to break
4: down those first two topics as we give our SP predictions. Sorry, not breaking down the eSports gamers because, going to be honest, I don't know who they are. Kuz spent like three hours preparing for I that. I did research. What a bummer. We're not talking about that today. Uh, maybe we will.
2: We're not going to talk about Ninja's amazing comeback?
4: See, I feel like Ninja's the only guy who's going to win it because he's the only guy I've heard of. And if I've heard of him in the eSports world, he's probably going to win. Would you agree, Kuz, or not?
2: I'm sure, the. Fans of it, though, or that are actually paying attention would probably disagree and and say there was some bigger comeback or something like that.
4: I mean, to be fair, if you're on the cover of ESPN the magazine, you're probably going to get Gamer
3: of the Year, just saying but that's just my opinion it's a safe bet but you know sometimes sometimes the mainstream isn't as important to these guys did you guys actually do research on gamers I did no okay did no good because I only
4: had about like 10 topics uh, that we're going to cover for the ESP or the, the s p predictions today and esports wasn't one of them unfortunately let
3: me guess best MMA fighter is though
4: no, I didn't come with no? that one
3: either because, hey, spoiler alert, Amanda Nunez. If
4: she doesn't win, the whole thing's rigged. It's going to be Amanda Nunez. Put no. your money on it. I'm not sure what Vegas has around right now, but if you're looking to bet a little money, Amanda Nunez, MMA fighter of the year.
3: I wonder if you can bet on these in Vegas. I feel like you can bet on everything. I think you can bet on yeah. everything, yeah, for sure.
4: But I mean, it's it's an exciting time, though. We're talking
3: about the ESPYS, you know. I mean, you hear sh- shows break down
4: the the Grammys or, or the Oscars and everything. And traditionally, we're talking about the Oscars, usually the best film that wins it or that they think the Academy um isn't necessarily the best film. For instance, last year, Spider Man, uh, into the Spider Verse, didn't win Best Picture. Unbelievable. Yeah. Snub big-time big snubs. So I, I forgot who even won Best Picture last year. Not Spider-Man. It was some foreign film, I'm sure. Definitely not Spider-Man. It was we,
3: probably some foreign film. We do need to discuss the best bowler up in the SPs tonight. You know what?
4: That didn't uh, really make didn't my category either. either? Is, is Norm Duke still in it? Pete Norm, Weber? Norm Duke is one of the four Norm finalists. Duke? Yeah, he's still doing the dang thing. What about Pete Weber? No, I don't know. The yeah. Shape
2: of Water, by the way, won. Oh,
4: the fish one. Yeah. Yeah, it was alright. Did you see the The Shape of Water? Thank what, you, Q's. What, What is he fall in love with a fish? Yeah. Really? Yeah.
2: I thought it was was well, was he like the a, fish or she the fish? I don't remember.
4: No, so it's uh Guillermo del Toro's movie. Um it's basically like back in I think World War Two or something. Uh this dude falls in love no, I'm sorry, this girl falls in love with a fish guy. Uh-huh. And they So it's Hellboy. Uh, kind of, yeah. And then they, yeah, it's just really weird. Yeah. And, sh- and she's like, uh, she doesn't talk. I believe they're called mermen. She, she's like, yeah, it's like basically a merman. And, um, you know, in a world where they don't want to see them be together, she has to defy all odds with her fish boyfriend and overcome all the obstacles. That takes some uh, real gills. And you know what? Nice. <laughs> and, uh, it really proves that love can conquer all. Okay. So, yeah. Shape of water. Check it out or, I'll have to hey, look it up. or don't check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever, honestly. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, there you go. All right. Yep. Yeah. How was that? Uh, you had a pretty exciting Speaking morning. Speaking of the today. shape of water.
3: Yes. Um, I didn't fall in love with any of the fish that we caught this morning, um, but I did enjoy the day. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, the Greater Jacksonville Kingfish Tournament coming up next week. Uh, every year, the week prior to the event, they take us media types out on the water and put us on some fish, and they did just that today. So uh, our group caught a couple kingfish, a shark, and uh, we're all excited. Uh, The the big event, of course, takes place down at Sisters Creek, the Jim King Boat Ramp, and every year they build it up. It's such a cool event. Uh, Tuesday is the Junior Anglers, and then uh, Thursday and Friday will be the main tournament. Two important questions Sure, go ahead. Number one, what kind of shark was it? We don't know. Excuse me? We had marine some kind of hybrid. We had marine biologist on on the boat. Yeah. Couldn't identify it. We didn't we didn't pull the shark onto the boat. You just we just well, cut it before it got I out. I feel
4: like you should have pulled it on the boat if you could not no, no. identify. it. You, you, might, have, no, no, you no. might have discovered a One new animal. One new animal. No, it, was
3: a, it was a normal really? shark. It was a normal looking shark. Okay, they but just they couldn't could, identify it? Just couldn't identify it by the video. I don't know what to tell you, man. How big was it? It it was uh, I'll sh- I'll show you. A video. Yeah, show me the picture. It's on Twitter, by the way, too. Well, if you've been following my my timeline all day, I mean, I haven't
4: been following a lot on Twitter. I'm just disappointed that you guys didn't bring it on the boat and maybe. Well, there's no reason come- to because it's a new it's a new shark, man. You may have discovered a new shark and you could have called it ESPN 690. Could you imagine the marketing that every single time that a news outlet broke the news that a new shark has been discovered, they had to call it ESPN 690. Let See, I'm 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 a businessman, all right? And <laughs> I'm thinking about the whole company here. You're obviously selfish
3: and didn't take- I'm the fill in guy. I'm not the full time guy. Yeah, but you're still you're here right now.
2: I just wanna know, was it a baby shark? Oh.
3: Yes, I think it was. <laughs> Speaking of awards That's and Grammys,
0: what I said in my tweet, is this by the
3: song way. gonna win a Grammy next year? It should. <laughs> you just wanted to get this into the conversation. Oh, I had to. Yeah. I had to do it. I did get a couple uh, a couple of gift replies to my video of the shark okay. when I said that that baby shark just got released back into the ocean. Yep, and two, there two came people came the baby shark. Two people came with the the baby shark, which yeah. I'm very proud of. I know my my son's did, all
4: about that song. For that. Like yeah. here, I'm trying to listen to you know some classic rock, and all he wants is baby shark on the way to daycare. So it's um it's it's tough right now in the in the Lane household. My second question for you. Yes. How many fish did you catch? Personally? Personally. Zero. Oh, that's a,
3: that's a bummer. It happens. Um, not so, really.
4: It hasn't happened to me, but go on.
3: Okay, well, they they run all the lines out, right? Yes. Uh, you can only catch one at a time. Correct. Because you don't want to get them all tangled up. We had a group of five people not associated with the boat on the, on the boat. Mm-hmm. It was me, a professor, and three of his students from the Jacksonville University Marine Science Research Institute. Yeah, so and they couldn't identify the shark. Yeah,
4: that's could. crazy. All right,
3: uh, they 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 threw a couple names out there. But, okay, anything uh, that's
4: going to stick? Anything that I've heard of before?
3: No. Okay. Well, one thought it was a bull. Then somebody disagreed oh. and said it was something else. Then somebody said it was another thing. Okay. It was a brown shark, about yay big. Gotcha. You know that's, but so the group was the five of us, and three of them were uh, female college students. Part of that program, so I said, "All right, you three, one, two, three—that's the pecking order—and then I'll catch the fourth one." Mm -hmm. And I got video of them for my job as a TV videographer to record the catching of the kingfish to get B-roll, as we like to call it. I think we had this discussion at the Super Bowl. Yes, we did a a little little bit bit about B-roll and A-roll and inside the TV business. Well, since we are on the topic of fishing right now, sure. and this
4: is probably the most fishing talk we've ever had on this show, I think well, it's, it's actually the only fishing yeah, talk we've ever had, it. but nothing wrong with a little fishing. fishing here.
3: But speaking of fishing, okay. Gardner Minshew, Ooh. have you seen the pictures of Gardner Minshew? An unorthodox methodry of fishing. Yeah.
4: So to kind of set the scene for everybody that hasn't seen the picture yet, Gardner Minshew, um... Folk hero slash backup Jaguars quarterback, uh, rookie out of Washington State, um, posted a, a tweet with the caption, I done wrestled with an alligator, tussled with a whale. Hashtag is bad that, dude. Is that a quote from something? That's from a movie, I think. Yeah. Can't name it off the top of my head. I apologize. I figured it would be. Why else would you? But uh what we have here... Is, and I'm not the biggest fisherman, but I would say it's a giant grouper if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Muhammad Ali quote, by the way. Okay, there we go. Quick Google um, search is
3: able to answer thank any you question very much. you ever have.
4: So it appears that uh, there's a giant grouper that's been hooked in the ocean. Yep. And Gardner Minshew is also in the ocean. Uh, no life jacket or no life preserve. And uh, I don't know what he's doing. I, it looks like he's actually wrestling the fish. I'm not sure if it got snagged in something but my common sense would tell me
3: that this fish is pretty big correct yeah that's a big fish uh big grouper perhaps a yeah. goliath grouper but you know what not at the highest of the food chains
4: and i feel like sharks were just swimming around and being like you know what tastes good right now some grouper like i respect minshu dude the dude's uh he's a special kind of cat you know what i'm saying and even at the senior ball when we met him i, I turned to brent i'm like this guy's awesome. I mean, he's my favorite interview that I ever conducted so far, I think, doing this uh, this whole gig here. But, man, you want to talk about the whole Duval personality, Duval mindset. Gardner Minshew is it with this picture.
3: Yeah, I'm, curi- I'm curious what, what the goal was. Based on the splash patterns around Gardner, I feel like he had just jumped in there yeah. to kind of assist with the wrangling of what looks to me like like a small Goliath grouper. Okay. A small Goliath grouper? When you Google in this next commercial break, uh you will Bet see I what will. I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, but the coloring looks like one. I'm just guessing. I'm I'm no marine biologist, though they can't identify things either sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, We're in the same boat. So yeah, I, I don't know how maybe he just wanted to jump in there for a scale, so you could get a little scale on yeah. the you know, on the size of this fish compared to a human grabbing his tail. Just hanging out. I don't know. That's I, I think the only person who knows actually why they why is, Gardner, is Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Yeah,
4: and that's a question we're going to have to ask him the next time we see him. But there is I another did. question you
3: have that goes along with this. Correct. Is Gardner Minshew, with this
4: fish picture now that has just circulated, um, I think it's real. I don't think it's fake. No, that's
3: definitely not fake. You can't Photoshop
4: that. With the mustache, with yeah. the personality... With the pomp and circumstance that he's bringing to the team right now, I mean, like I said, he is the folk hero right now of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The guy hasn't even thrown a, a ball yet in a game, and he's already that popular. Is he the most Duval Jacksonville Jaguar player of all time? And for those of you who may be listening outside of the city of Jacksonville, Duval basically means... How do you sum it up, Stuart, if you were to
3: sum up Duval? It's extremely hard to sum up. But It is. You know, to... To really represent Jacksonville in yeah. all its glory, yeah, fun loving, yes, enjoying life, swag, a little bit of swag a bit in of there, swag. sometimes bad decisions like jumping into the ocean. Sometimes with a bad decisions, you know, uh, yeah, you know, that, I think that all goes along with with being Duval,
4: with being Duval, that and Fireball whiskey as well. It seems like because I've been to a few tailgates, but we're gonna talk about that. Uh, I think after this this break here, who really is the most Duval? Uh Jacksonville Jaguar of all time. Some competition. One would say possibly Blake Bortles, but Gardner Minshew's up there, man. And there's and been just a few other here. guys okay. that I played well, with. Yeah. that might. Uh, I look forward to hearing at the top of the category right. as well. So we'll talk about that. Uh, also, we're we'll gonna talk about our SB predictions coming up yes. here. Best male athlete, best female athlete, best upset. We got a good show today, and whatnot. We're have some we, fun. We, we got a chock full show of uh, different random topics, and also the Jacksonville Jaguar signed a new row wide receiver. We talk about him too after the break. We got some actual meat
3: in a mid July show. Yes, so we I like do. it. All
4: meat, no grizzle. Oh, boy. ESPN
3: 690. Welcome back on a Wednesday. Action Sports Shacks radio here on ESPN 690. Action Sports Shack Stuart Weber here, along with Often Lane there. Scared now. Scared because I, I sh- I, we were talking about Gardner Minshew with what could be a small Goliath grouper. And you were shocked when I said that because, you know, it looks like a giant fish that Gardner's with. Then you saw what full-size Goliath groupers look like.
4: You got to understand, man. Yeah. I come from the land of Wisconsin. Sure. Okay. The, the, the good Midwest. Yeah. Freshwater. Lakes. Mm-hmm. We don't have oceans. No, we have, you don't. We have northern pike. Yeah. We, we have muskies. One of my friends is actually a muskie fisherman, sponsored and everything. So I've never seen a muskie in person, but they're they're big things. Sturgeon. Yeah. Uh, you ever see a sturgeon? Yeah. Pre- prehistoric things, sure. man. Look yeah. nasty. Right. Huge. hmm But they're not a Goliath grouper. No. And you showed me pictures, and I thought they're fake. Yeah. I'm telling you they're real. Yeah. That's why I don't go in the ocean. It's it's because pictures like that. This thing is literally that you showed me, a Goliath grouper. How big? I mean... Real big. 10 feet? 11 feet? Goliath big. Yeah, Goliath big. It's insane. They're not David groupers. What is... It? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. But I'm um,
3: insane. Have you ever seen one in person? No, uh, I have not. I've seen bigger fish though, as a whale shark. You've seen a whale? Oh, not at the the aquarium. In real, in the ocean. So I grew. I grew up in South Florida. We had a boat. We went fishing every weekend. Yeah. And one time, our boat got bumped by a whale shark on the way by. Big old whale shark just got a a little nudge on the way by, just to be like, "Hi, how are you?" Yeah. And uh, and off he went. Insane. Um, Biggest thing we have caught uh that's me and my stepdad would probably be sailfish we've caught sailfish mostly we just went out for dolphin Mm -hmm. mahi mahi
0: yeah
3: um which people listening here at home know you really can't fish for here in jacksonville unless you you know head out two hours out because of the jet stream the gulf stream excuse me yeah uh the gulf stream because that's kind of they like to go where the seaweed line is and that's usually right on the gulf stream makes a lot, lot closer to the coast down in west palm beach totally it's also a big reason why hurricanes tend to miss Jacksonville from that angle. Yeah, it didn't happen a couple years
4: ago no, did it, though. I, I said from that Ten. angle. Yeah, I it got you. It came up.
3: Ah. It won't come from the east. Okay. Because it hits that Gulf Stream and gets swooped out of there. Gotcha. You should,
4: uh, what happened in meteorology school, dude?
3: You're no, on it. No, no sports, all good.
4: sports is better. Well, getting back to the Sorry, play Garrett. with Gardner Minshew here. Yeah. Um, Jumping in.
3: For, like, like he did. And, uh,
4: and unless I'm missing something, it seemed like for no reason. I, I don't know. I don't know if they'd have a big enough net. Maybe something was a foot that I couldn't see in the picture. But it seemed like the dude just jumped in to get a couple cool pictures with this mini Goliath grouper, we'll
3: call it. Which is a double negative. But Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a fish that you're not going to pull into the boat, which perhaps that's what this is. Yeah. It's, perhaps this is a release. Yeah. I, I don't know what the regulations are on pulling in grouper mm-hmm. of that sort. Uh. What better way to get a picture than to jump on in and and grab a tail and take a picture? And if I'm a Jaguars fan, I like that. And uh, I know what you're going to say because
4: you're scared. I mean, there could be sharks in the water doesn't have a life jacket on.
3: I'm not scared about sharks in
4: the water. Kind of well, that makes one of us. Yeah. Um, not wearing a life jacket. I don't know. A, well, a, a yeah. big fin could slap. I don't know. I'm just thinking the worst-case scenarios here with this Goliath mini Goliath grouper. But you got to like the fact that the guy's got no fear. I mean, if you can jump in the ocean with a Goliath grouper on the line, you can stare down a blitz coming up the middle and make
3: that pass. So, I'm all for it. The guy's got no fear. I think you're making a little bit too much out of jumping into the ocean. I, mm-hmm. I I get that you're from Wisconsin, yes, and it's not normal for you, yeah. But like I grew up doing that all the time. You you grew up catching mini giant jo- oh, giant jumping in, jumping into the ocean. Oh, no, without a light ocean
4: this, I a not I mean worrying that's cool, about
3: it. but I'm saying with barracuda swimming about jump, it. jumping into the ocean with uh, an animal that's bigger than you. That's hooked uh, I mean, to the line. Uh, Newsflash. There's a lot of animals bigger than you in that ocean. That is literally a the foot reason, away from you. The reason why you hate it, yeah. Exactly. But I'm
4: saying jumping into the ocean with an animal that's literally a couple right, feet away hooked, from you. On a line. Okay. It's, whatever I'm the sorry. case is, okay. but yes. I think it takes some balls. Okay. We can put on a pole, and we can ask, would you jump in the ocean with a Goliath group that's been hooked? And we'll see what the poles come back with. But I would say a majority of people would be like, probably not. Okay. But getting back to the point. Yes. Yes. It's a very Duval thing to do if your gardener mints you it is you know I'm not sure if there's any fireball involved there 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 may have been some basic beverages on this fishing charter was there basic beverages involved today for you on the fishing trip
3: uh there were I had water okay and that's that's not a basic beverage, but go on th- there was some there were some uh
0: Barley pops? Yes, there were some
3: barley pops in there. There were some barley pops there. Exactly. So fishing and drinking.
4: I was working. Goes hand in hand. I was
3: working, so I didn't didn't partake. Sure you didn't, as you're winking at me. I'm kidding. There's a video (laughs) stream. There's a video stream. They can see I'm not winking. But the. I had a, a ginger ale because it was really choppy. Okay. And my tum tum was not doing so good. You,
4: you called it a tum tum-tum, tum, so you lost all credibility. Tum tum was not doing you, great. You called, called it a tum tum. All credibility is lost. <laughs> but, uh, so Gardner Minshew, very Duval like, might be very. the most Duval player on that roster right now with the mustache, with the notoriety. You saw what he wore uh, for, for the bowl game trip, I think, to San Antonio it was. Literally, if you haven't seen the picture of Gardner Minshew rocking this. To say the least, this disco stew outfit. Uh, disco stew
3: likes disco music.
4: Exactly. To go to the, the bowl game. I mean, the, the guy's kind of an all time legend, and once again, hasn't thrown a pass to the Jacksonville Jaguars yet in a meaningful game. Um, Complete sidebar. That was my aim name. Yeah. Here's the real you question. You remember aim?
0: Yes. A. Well, well see,
4: I had uh, MSN
3: Messenger, so okay. we we, we wouldn't have been friends back in no. the day. Not at all. Um, is, is he the? Huh? You're you're about to ask. Is he the most Duval on this roster? I'll yes. give you. I'll give you a counterpoint. Another guy who is brand new, brand spanking new, but has fully immersed himself in the Duval, and that's Chris Conley. Surfing. Jumps right in. Yeah. Grabs a surfboard. Ballsy. Hits the waves. Yes. And starts recruiting his teammates to come do it as well. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty duval thing to do. That that, that is a very duval thing to do. Also, I think
4: Jalen Ramsey has to be up there. Okay. Not from necessarily the whole, you know, parting aspect of that. I mean, we don't really know what what his social life is like, but I'm
3: just saying from well, He's a dad now, so he's, yeah, he's well, got family yeah, time.
4: Yeah, but I'm saying from just um the the swagger like i was talking yes. about you know like you gotta remember jacksonville all things considered is still a pretty young franchise compared to the the rest of the nfl right yes um you know they came out in 95 so i think from that perspective you know kind of like the young um we've had how many jersey combinations now uh so there's there's a little style factor involved and i think you know Talking it and backing it up, I think it's a Jacksonville thing to do, and I think Jalen Ramsey exemplifies that. So I also put Jalen Ramsey on the list. Now I think you know the the first round draft pick, if you will, the 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 top seed of most Duval would almost have to go to Blake Bortles, right? Like if if, if you were to exemplify Jacksonville uh, into one football player, past or present for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it has to be Blake Bortles. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, from, from the, the times of, you know, being, being seen at Jacksonville Beach, which is probably the most Duval place to be, um, from his times at Jacksonville Beach to his interviews that he conducts to his laid back, uh, kind of attitude, um, you know, to his style of just kind of rocking the backwards ball cap all the time, nothing really flashy. Um, I think you have to go Blake Portals.
3: It's a very strong, compelling argument. Um, and I, I don't, think many people would argue with you there because uh i mean he's the boat he is the boat you know and and he definitely had a spot in this city and certainly a spot in their hearts which is why it was so upsetting that it didn't work out yeah uh i will however refer to the interview you guys had with uncle chaps not too long ago that still plays in our promos Mm Mm-hmm. Where Bortles was one type of Duvall, perhaps Nick Foles is a different type of Duvall.
4: That's the thing, and I was just going to bring him up as well. Nick Foles, what he was able to accomplish in Philly, I mean, there were, there were murals that were dedicated to Nick Foles. Now, of course, you win a Super Bowl, that's going to help a little bit. Uh, you're the Super Bowl MVP, that's going to help a little bit. But... I think, yeah, Nick Foles, listen, this isn't the guy that you're going to see at the Jacks beach bars with his shirt off going crazy. I mean, this is a but that's, family. That's, not, well, well, um, that's an aspect of Dufault. Well, and I, I was getting ready to say that. Sure, where, yeah. um, so you're not going to see that. But I also kind of think he has the underdog quality a little bit yeah, to him. Because, okay. I like that. Uh, I mean, l- look at that Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. I mean, there's a reason why they all wore dog faces after the, the post games in the playoffs because they're considered underdogs. And that was kind of the narrative going through the whole playoffs, uh the playoff run for the Eagles. And so I think he even came to Jacksonville where, you know, I think it was about 50-50 where people wanted Nick Foles and some people didn't. Some people wanted to draft Dwayne Haskins or whoever else. Pick your quarterback, whatever. So I think when he came to Jacksonville, he had the underdog mentality about him just because he wasn't necessarily accepted wholeheartedly here and I think being an underdog I think having to prove people wrong um, I think having to go out and show out and try to earn that respect I think it's definitely a Jacksonville thing to do because the city of Jacksonville in general man, yes it's Florida but we're not touristy like Orlando we don't have a lot of maybe clicks and whistles like Miami does we're probably not even as touristy as Tampa but Jacksonville's got its own special things, but
3: we have to make them known. And I think Nick Foles does that. We'll do that pretty well. Our tourists go to St. Augustine, go down to the fort. Yeah, that's true. Check it out there. Yeah, I-, I will say when you were just saying some of those underdog and all that mentality, Yannick Ngakwe came to mind for me. That guy who needed to prove himself. Yeah, and to show that hey, I'm the guy. Yeah, and that's what the Jaguars and Duval is doing right now. Yeah. Well, Duval also needs some money because Yannick Gakwa needs to get paid ASAP. I, I mean, we would like money. Money's yeah, good. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's time to pay that, man. All right. Let's uh, continue the Jaguars discussion next as they make perhaps a roster move is being talked about uh, pending physicals. So we will discuss what could Marcus Sims bring to the table and for some people who is Marcus Sims exactly we'll uh we'll, we'll discuss we'll discuss that next and hey, welcome back to ESPN 690 on a Wednesday and just a little over two weeks from the start of Jacksonville Jaguars training camp two weeks from tomorrow Austin right around the corner oh it's gonna be so hot by the way I mean yeah you don't have to tell me I already know Remember, I practiced. What, did, it. Have you have you played this this football I've, game uh,
4: before? I've I've done a little football in this heat. Yeah, and I'll be honest, man. Coming from Murray State um which is I, I consider the south people will call it the midwest but
3: uh, uh no 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 i'd say this i'd say okay. the south oh uh, it's good. Kentucky. I'm good, but okay. yeah i'm good kentucky's in the south
4: okay cool yeah. um you know where where those training camps got pretty warm but uh yeah no, nothing compares to jacksonville uh florida in in the dog days of of training camp i mean things have changed now it's not real two a days anymore like that but a lot of pedialyte um a lot of ivs and yeah, there were some guys, too, I got introduced to, guys who wear long sleeves all the time, which well, I was never a fan of. I wore but, long sleeves today. But you're not practicing underneath the pad. Uh, do, do you know why guys wear long sleeves for practice? Let's hear it. Because uh, there's two reasons. Okay. I'm
3: asking, do you, do you know why, though? I, I I look forward to the answer. Okay. Because so that means I don't know. There's, yes.
4: there's, uh, there's two schools of philosophy here. Sure. One of them comes from former fullback and uh, just all-American hero, Greg Jones. I mean, the dude was built like a G.I.
3: Joe. Baddest man on the planet. Baddest man on the planet. I mean,
4: anytime you slam Lamar Woodley down uh, like it was nothing, during a game, I got nothing but respect for you. That, that's one dude in the Jaguars I've never messed with, Greg Jones. But Correct, but he's also like the nicest guy ever. No, that's, the nicest the guy. The that's the best part. That's the best part. I love that. Back, easygoing guy ever. I, I always love that. Literally, I saw him lose it one time, and that was during a Steelers game when him and Woodley went at it. But anyways, I digress. Uh, so Greg Jones, my rookie year, I noticed uh, like for our first two-a-day, wearing long sleeves. I'm like, dude. What's up with that? I mean, like, is that, a – I mean, I just, I was confused. You know, I'm coming from the Midwest here where everything's hot to me at this point. And like, the philosophy is, is that when, when they come out, that you actually squirt water, um, like on, on, like the spandex. Cause I mean, it's not okay. just like a long sleeve, regular cotton shirt. Right. You're rocking spandex. So you squirt water on the spandex and that's supposed to keep you cool. Okay. Um, the other reason why guys will wear long sleeves is for tattoo purposes. Oh. Um, and, you know, not to be a racial thing, but usually you see a lot of black guys wear mm-hmm. long sleeves or, or leggings, and it's because they have tattoos. Does it fade? It, it'll fade the, the tattoo, yeah. So say if you have sleeve tattoos and yeah. everything, if you spend maybe two training camps in the sun, it'll completely fade your tattoos. Really? I've, I've seen it in a locker room I,
3: firsthand. I know nothing of tattoos. Yeah, no, so. you're all good. Don't worry about it, man. You've, we got, don't, you've we got, we got it don't covered for you. the two you're of You're okay, us. yeah, we don't need you. Chris has him too. <laughs> the lower back doesn't count. A oh, Brent... Is the one who wants to make that tattoo bet happen. Yes. Brent's the tattoo guy. And, and I can't wait. But yeah, so guys will rock the long okay. sleeves because they don't want to mess up their tattoos. So I had a long sleeve dry fit shirt and I do every time I go fishing. Okay. So I don't get burnt on my arms to keep, sure. just keep the sun off. Mm-hmm. And the, the added heat from it being long sleeve is negated by the fact that I don't have any sun on my skin. In my mind. Gotcha. Because it's dry fit. So it just breathes nicely. Yeah see but it's not a problem yeah
4: it's not a problem for dry fit like
3: to me like yeah. wearing like the like the spandex I, I tried to go long sleeves one yeah.
4: time because I was curious but that was me standing on a boat no exactly you know, not shooting going
3: video drinking water training camp not running around in yeah. practice yeah
4: to to me like not having the air hit my skin and just having long sleeves like that during training camp it, it absolutely killed me I did it one time and never again so how do so.
3: people do it when they got like a hoodie on out there
4: I think that's more just a style thing than anything honestly A
3: style yeah that's a that's a bold people. Bold I mean, they, they always say people sweat to
4: stay cool. I guess there might be some guys that think that the more they sweat, the cooler they stay. I'm here to tell they're you, they're not trying to make if, weight. They're if, not trying to if like if you wear a if you wear a sweatshirt uh, for training camp, and I mean, unless you're trying to cut weight or anything like, like that. A
3: J.B. wrestler is the only one who should be doing that exactly.
4: Um, unless you're, you're going to get fined for you know sure. being overweight. about yeah. a lot of defensive linemen. We out don't there. have that no, in the actual pro Shaq's office. Thankfully. No, not at all. But um, yeah, man, you have to be absolutely insane
3: to rock a sweatshirt for for training camp. Uh, yeah, no, that's just bizarre to me. Yeah, but you know some. But some, you know, hey, some people like when I see them do it, I'm just like, I guess they want to sweat more. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, to each their own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you you've experienced trainee camp heat as a player, but my friend, let me tell you, until you've experienced it as a media member. Oh, yeah? I don't know what to tell you. Oh, yeah? It's going to be exactly like the OTAs were. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I figured. It'll be, it'll I'm like, no, are we, no, we no, doing sprints
0: after practice? Uh, what are we, we doing, we man? We can. I mean, yeah.
3: Marcel would probably want to do that. Yeah. We, yeah, it's exactly the same. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. But, yeah, so two weeks, two to weeks from tomorrow, started training camp. And, uh, and away we go. Yeah, and, uh, with a little Jaguars news, yeah. Marcus Sims, mm-hmm. a wide receiver
4: out of West Virginia, just got signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pending a physical. Pending a physical. And then listen, anytime that a guy goes through the supplemental draft, um, doesn't get picked up and then gets selected, you know, as an undrafted free agent, uh, there's going to be a red flag around him. There just has to be because there's a reason why he went through the supplemental draft and not the regular one. And, uh, you know, doing a little research here on Marcus Sims. I mean, this is a guy that has had a couple issues uh, back in 2017, got arrested uh, for a DUI, um, violating the team rules. And then also, I believe this last season as well. um was disciplined for violating team rules now the website and the university wasn't really specific of what those team rules were that he violated but this is a guy that you know kind of has um a few things going against him uh to say i mean that why he went through the supplemental draft and nobody selected him now upon reading on him more um there were some teams out there that were expected to take him the supplemental draft and didn't happen
3: yeah, so the supplemental draft, as you mentioned, when you make that pick in whatever round it is, got to give up that draft pick for the next year's draft. Only one player was selected, Jalen Thompson, going to the Arizona Cardinals in the fifth round. So now essentially Arizona loses their fifth round pick for 2020. A lot of people seem to think that it was going to be two people selected in the supplemental draft, Thompson and Sims. And so today, when you get that news, as Tom Pelissaro from the NFL Network is the one who is putting that out there uh, through sources that the Jaguars are signing Marcus Sims, pending a physical, and that he had other offers as well, he probably sees opportunity when you're looking at here in Jacksonville yeah. and looking at a chance to try and catch on in that receiving core. Yeah, It's going to be an intriguing camp. We already knew that when the Jaguars brought on a guy like Terrell Pryor, uh, kind of off the street at that point, and everyone was like, oh, Terrell Pryor, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, now you have another guy who you can jump in and say, oh, Marcus Sims, well, that's interesting, because you look at that, that group of receivers for the Jaguars, and how many spots are truly available on that team? I can list off a few of the ones that are already taken, Marquise Lee. Yes, DJ Chark, mm-hmm. D.D. Westbrook, all of those, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm going to say Chris Conley, based especially no, on how the, he did the OTAs. Without a doubt, because yeah. you need some leadership there. So that's, He's bringing the leadership. That's four locks. Yeah, Keelan Cole, mm-hmm. we'll see. He didn't yeah. have as great a year last year as he did the first. Uh, and then you get into, so that's five guys before you get into the Terrell Pryor, Marcus Sims, Dredrick Snelson, whoever else, if they're going to have a sixth receiver, Be it for special teams, which, by the way, uh, Marcus Sims, at one point, special teams player of the conference for a year, Mm -hmm. his sophomore season. So that's something to watch with this guy. We'll see we'll see what happens it you know it adds to the competition and that's that's all you can ask for Well,
4: and, and here's what you're adding with marcus sims i mean this is a guy who was really the third option with will greer in that west virginia high-powered offense okay um he's more known as a burner than anything i mean this is a guy that just came under six feet tall uh weighs about 188 pounds ran the 40 yard dash in a 4-4 um and a four four nine. And apparently, upon reading about him, I guess this was done at a pro day in Morgantown, uh, where the AC went out. So he was supposedly, this is they the reporting, and this is according to msnsports.com here, um, I guess it was over like 100 degrees during his pro day, which will fit in perfectly woo. with well, yeah, his well, training welcome camp. To Jacksonville, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, what um, those
3: practice fields will be
4: yeah, like. But listen, this, this isn't a guy that's going to come in and be a bona fide starter, obviously. I mean, there's a reason why he went through the supplemental draft and, he, and didn't get drafted and signed as a free agent, but this is a guy that's intriguing from the standpoint that he does have the speed. Okay, and, and in the John D. Filippo offense, um, where it's more pass friendly than what the Jaguars are accustomed to. Anytime you can add a guy who seems to have that fast twitch, who seems to be um, kind of the burner, as you know the scouts are saying about this guy in in, uh, in Morris here. Uh, I'm sorry, in Sims. Um, I think it's intriguing. You know, and you mentioned the the depth chart right now with the Jaguars with Marquise Lee probably being that bona fide starter, assuming, um, you know his knee is good to go. You got, yep. you got D.D. Westbrook. You have to think about that um, too. You got D.D. Westbrook, who I thought was came on as kind of the leader of that wide receiving uh, group last year. You have D. J. Chark, who has shown glimpses of brilliance, but has also made some mental mistakes and and made some you know mistakes whether it's fumbles or things of that nature. And then you have a guy like Chris Conley, um, who In Kansas City didn't really get a chance to shine a lot. When his number was called, he did shine. But you're talking about a team that relied more on Travis Kelsey, more on Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, Chris Conley was just kind of like the forgotten piece there. And, and you've seen the chemistry that they've already had between Chris Conley and Nick Foles. You know, these are two former teammates. And I think the biggest standout right now at that wide receiver position has been Chris Conley through OTAs and minicamp. I think it's a guy that can definitely make a name for himself. You also have Keelan Cole as well so you you look at these wide receivers and you don't really see the number one guy that sticks out at you but you see a group that has potential and you see talent and the biggest thing is obviously staying healthy but what this does with what bring in Terrell Pryor into the team does what bringing you know this guy that's you know marcus sims who went through the supplemental draft what it does is that it creates competition and that's what tom coughlin has always preached because competition brings out the best in everybody and whoever emerges out of this whole wide receiver group will indeed be the best so you have to be happy with that
3: i will throw in this one caveat before we wrap this this topic it could have been literally anybody and we would have found a way to get excited right now true because we have we have nothing else substantial jaguar new news we're gonna make you know we're gonna obviously pump up whoever this would have been Mm -hmm. uh so i will just add that in there and uh to steal a line from the great austin lane maybe pump our brakes a little
4: i hear you with that but at the same time i get more excited over a guy that can run a four four sure over an offensive lineman who's well, you know just kind of coming out of nowhere skill positions yeah skill positions yeah. I, I think yeah. skill positions are a little more sexier than the no offense to the big nasties up front but they are a, a little more intriguing so like i said it, you put that four four uh on deck i mean it is intriguing it's something fun to talk about
3: and it's it's definitely a guy you're gonna be watching through training camp the exciting thing is these kind of conversations in two weeks There's going to be so many of them that we can have based on what we see on the field. Absolutely. And that is so exciting. So, folks, get ready. Training camp right around the corner and a lot more Jaguars talk right here on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. In that break, I just referred to myself as a celebrity. Super aggressive, but it's all right, man. Very aggressive.
4: No, you're good. Dude, you're, you're on the TV. If you're on the TV, you're a celebrity. See, this, that's, is,
3: this is my this is my uh, style of thinking. And, and listen, I like it. I, I hate to give Brent Martineau no props,
4: because that's the last thing I want to do, especially when he's not even here. Yeah, uh, he's probably listening, though, g- in Rhode Island. Giving props behind his be back. Honest. I know. Shame on me. But, dude, he's a celebrity just as well. I mean, we've been on a couple times at TPC or in Public, and I'm chopped liver. Former Jaguar, professional MMA fighter? Nah, we're good. You're just
3: Uh, a tall guy uh, when you're there. Exactly.
4: Uh, Let's go to Brent Marno, man, on TV every single night. So you guys are celebrities. Don't get it twisted. I'm trying to give you some props here.
3: Okay. Yeah. 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 Mine was in the context of poker tournaments. Yeah. And we were just talking. uh, I don't know how we got onto the topic. We bounced around a little bit. Oh, World Series of Poker. It's on on ESPN. Uh, And I was watching some of that yesterday as well. And I was saying when I've been able to play in some tournaments, I always like to do it as a celebrity bounty. Yeah. You know, the big names that are there where people win a prize when they beat you. Yeah. I always enjoy that a little bit more. I know Coos has done that one as well with us. Right, Coos?
2: Yeah, I've done it two years in a row now. How have you done? I came in fourth place out of everyone last year, which I was actually really impressed. The guy who uh, one of the guys who actually like plays poker professionally got me out. So I took that as a win as well.
4: Very cool. So did you win any money then, or is it all for just charity? No, charities? third
2: place was when the money started. Uh, so I ended up getting like a big best bet bag with hoodies and all this stuff in it. So it it was nice. See, cool. that's pretty cool. That's absolutely uh, cool. I
3: I was I was saying how I much prefer doing that to actually playing, in like the events over there, because like when you lose, as the bounty. Everyone's excited, and you you get to be excited with them because they just won some prize. When you lose because you suck, it's a little different.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah.
3: So.
4: Okay, fair enough. I-, I can't wait to take part in one of these, man. I feel oh, like- we're getting you out there. Oh, I was a big fan of rounders, and I I do like playing some poker.
2: Just, so.
3: tra- just draw inspiration from the movie, and you're good.
4: That's yeah.
2: where uh, that's where I was telling you to be careful. Don't look Scobie in the eyes because I was at a table with him, and man, he tries to, like he really will like well, staring a- a- you down.
4: A- a- you know what? Scobie's a kicker, so you shouldn't <laughs> really be intimidated by Scobie. You're no. taller than him. It's gonna be okay. I don't know if I'm taller than him. Honestly. You're just the same size as yeah, him. Yeah, we're about the same. It's gonna be okay.
2: But he, but he's got that like stare, like trying to dissect what you're thinking. Like I definitely was like looking at my cars, and I looked up, and I just saw him staring at me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> uh,
3: TV Ts by the way. Uh yeah, a with it? More on Josh Goby's golf game this weekend on Action Sports Jacks Prime Time, Saturday night, 10:30 on Fox, 30, on CBS 47. What we, we a ca- segue. Caught up with him. Uh, yesterday yeah at a u.s amateur qualifier okay he has had his status reinstated as an amateur and uh going to be playing more amateur events and uh, we talked to him about that a little bit right on man so look forward to that check that weekend. one out it's also on my twitter our, our little quick snippet from last night's show okay although everyone who's listening i know went and watched it at 650 because i told them to mm-hmm. so you saw it then on gotcha. the show when you were watching
4: everybody. and i DVR'd it. Didn't watch it live, but I'm sure, sure, I'll,
3: I'm sure I'll get to it eventually. It's on Twitter in two parts if you want to check it okay, out. Okay, I'll just go on Twitter then check it out. Appreciate <laughs> we, it. We tend to put a lot of our stuff on the Twitter. Mine, by the way, at Stewart, A-S Jax. Yes, sir. It's like Brent's, but instead of Brent, it's Stewart. N-
4: name dropping the tweet uh, name. I'm not opposed
3: to that at all. I want more followers. Speaking of uh, Twitter last night, it was yes. a blaze
4: for one reason in particular, and that was the MLB All-Star game last mm-hmm. night. Did you watch... I did than, uh, yeah I and watched you know a good what? chunk of it yeah So did I yeah. and you can call it homework a little bit yeah. because we're proud of you. I kind of went on record saying I wasn't going to watch it wrestling was on but once again I do have split the screen. I do have the split screen set mm-hmm. up so and actually I'll be honest with you I had the sound on for the MLB All-Star game and I was impressed and I think the biggest takeaway I mean there's a couple things you can take away from the All-Star yep. game but what I really enjoyed and this isn't the first year they've done it but it's the first year where they've kind of upgraded it a little bit is the mics on the ball ballplayers. Um, I think that's a genius idea. Uh, th- there was one point where you had two of the biggest stars of the game of Christian Yelich and then Bellinger from the Dodgers in the outfield at the same time conducting an interview while the game's going on. And I think just that kind of access um, – that kind of just removing the curtain into the player's psyche while the game is going on, I think it's awesome. And obviously not every sport can do that, but with baseball being a little bit of a slower-paced game, I thought it was the perfect touch of a great all-star game.
3: It was the perfect way to shift the conversation that's been around baseball the last couple of days, which has had that negative connotation of, oh, the balls are juiced, oh, this is affecting the game, yada, yada, yada. What this does is... It helps the viewers see these players in a different light and get some of the personality that, quite frankly, has been lacking. You know, they they haven't been able to appeal to that more mainstream audience for whatever reason—for not doing shows, not doing commercials. I mean, shoot, the the biggest star, Mike Trout, right? Yeah, doesn't ever do anything, and that's that's his prerogative. That's what he wants to do. Does it help the game? Eh. Does, is it the way he wants to do it? You know, it's what he wants to do. But this was a terrific, terrific way to to really showcase that with some of these players. My favorite part was when they had the three Houston Astros all mic'd up. Yeah. And, and look, this this only works in certain situations. You can't mic guys up in a real game, in a game that counts for anything. If you ask me, I don't think I don't think that works. Mm-hmm. I don't because one, it's going to affect the play. You no matter how you think of it, you got a mic pack on the back. You've got different conditions where you have an earpiece in and someone who wears an ifb is what we call those earpieces for tv it's it's weird it can be weird sometimes especially if you're uninitiated like freddie freeman literally the first thing he said when he stepped to the plate he's got an ifb in his ear and he's got a microphone on he's like oh first time i've ever taken it you know taking a swing with one of these in my ear yeah like he was thinking about it as opposed to thinking about, oh, I don't know, the 98-mile-per-hour cheddar that was coming at his face from Justin Verlander. Yeah. So it takes a certain situation and a, a certain game, and this is that game. So I, I loved it. I thought it was terrific. And you brought up Mike Trout Trout, real quick. Um, I thought it was really cool what him and
4: uh – Tommy La Stella did for for Tyler Skaggs, you know, uh, a former teammate of theirs that just passed away um, wearing the four or five in honor of him. I thought that was a, a really touching tribute. Um thought that was really cool. So, so props to them for doing that, you know, it was a really sad story um, with Tyler Skaggs there. Uh, you know, getting back to the mic conversation where, you know, everyone was talking about that. Everyone was talking about how they love the insight. They love just, it was almost like it's a new element of the game and they're a part of it. And, Yeah, wearing mics, especially in the playoffs, isn't gonna work. There's no way when the games matter, wearing mics will not happen. But I feel like there's ways around it. I mean, you look at the NFL where you know, like they have these giant mics on the sidelines where no one's necessarily mic'd up, but the 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 people will follow a certain player. And I wonder, like, eventually, um, as technology progresses, if you can just kind of have a mic on a certain player and then all of a sudden maybe you spend an extra three or four bucks on an app or something uh, and instead of like hearing the commentary during the game, you, you can hear the players going back and forth. Now, I think of all sports to do it, it's got to be baseball. I think football, you don't
3: want to hear what the players are saying half the time. Yeah, you have to do a tape delayed. Yeah, I, I feel like you'd have to do a tape delayed in baseball too. The, the challenge, I feel like, uh, comes with the size of the equipment and football – You've got pads on. You're able to integrate that that microphone pack into the pads to where it is just a part of the equipment that the player doesn't even know it's there. They know it's there, obviously, but they're able to integrate it into the uniform. Baseball that would be significantly harder. Where what face in the batting helmet maybe is the best place because it's it's hard, it's rigid. You can put it in there and make it work. But then the technology's got to get a little a little smaller, a little better. Great in an All-Star game. We'll continue the conversation about the All-Star game. And and how about the former Florida Gator continuing his hot streak? Doing his thing. We'll talk about the Polar Bear and more on the All-Star game next on ESPN 690. Yet another victory by the American League. Will the National League ever win? Ever? Seventh
4: game in a row that the American League has won. How does that happen?
3: They scored more runs. Thank you very
4: much, Captain Obvious. But I'm saying, how does that happen in terms of it's an all-star game?
3: And, like, this year, it's not even like it's one-sided. Like, you look at the rosters and you're not like, oh, that team's better than the other team.
4: Yeah, I, I have no idea. There's really no rhyme to the reason. It's just it is what it is.
3: It, yeah, it's – and I get it. It's a weird format. I mean, when you have every single pitcher throwing one inning, you can't get any rhythm. Um, it, it adds a, a very random element. Mm-hmm. You know, to the, to the final outcome, uh, where guys just got to got to get hot and get the job done. Speaking of getting hot, uh, Pete Alonzo. Yeah. King of, king of Cleveland. The sausage king of Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, crown the man now because the polar bear goes out and gets a two run base knock and is, uh, AB there. Pretty exciting stuff for him uh, night after winning a cool mill in the
4: pretty, home derby. Uh, pretty solid weekend. if Well, not really weekend. Pretty solid week for Mr. Uh, Peter Alonzo. His teammate, uh, not so much, Jeff McNeil. Did you see what happened with him?
3: I missed that. No, what did McNeil So, do?
4: Jeff McNeil, infielder from the Mets, uh, making his very first at-bat in his very first All-Star game. A special moment. Um, they flash his name on the, on the Jumbotron on the video board. And unfortunately... They used Jacob DeGrom's picture. Oh, dear. Um, when he was coming up for his first play at appearance. And uh, it was funny. After the game, like you could tell he wasn't really happy about it. He said, it was my very first at-bat in an all-star game. My family was there. And he said those kind of mistakes shouldn't happen. And I agree with him. I think somebody in the production department probably got fired uh, for that mistake. I don't think they got fired. You don't think so?
0: No. How,
3: how do you mess up that, though? I mean, honestly. He's not on your team. It happens. Things happen. Look, things happen. People make mistakes. That's, that's what people do. People need to be held accountable. That was the guy's first offense. Okay, suspe- suspend a guy for a week. Don't make a guy lose his job for. No. I don't know. I I feel like, and this might just be me, but I I always feel like, he should be fired. P- pops up way too quickly. Like it. That's always like the first thought when anything goes wrong. I make mistakes, and and I usually don't get fired for them. So. Yeah. You'd like to think that that's the case for a lot of people. So then you're so pro-referee, it's not even funny. Yeah. Okay. Fair I enough. I mean, yeah. Okay. I I hadn't thought about it that way, but well, now... same same philosophy, man. Yes, unless you keep making mistakes over and over again. Okay. Then I have issues. Well,
4: what if it's one giant,
3: huge, Goliath grouper mistake? Oh, I like that. Uh, well, that bites. There we go. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you get demoted. Maybe not fired. All right. Maybe you don't get put in that situation to make that kind of big, giant, Super Bowl-esque type mistake. Sure. You know, if that's kind of... Still happening, though. Yeah. You know? But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a topic for another time, I guess. To air is
4: human. To air is human, though. And I'll give you that. And I'll tell you what else was kind of impressive last night was the Cleveland Indian fans. Yeah? You know, I mean, I thought they were great hosts, and I think... Unless you're a Cubs fan. Well, I was just (laughs) to That was in my notes here, too. So... You know, to set the scene with Cleveland, I mean, we think of them more, I think, now as football. I mean, you know, the Cleveland Browns, obviously, a lot of hype with that. Um, the Cavaliers for a while was a story of that city. And I think sometimes the Indians get lost a little bit in the shuffle, you know, even though there
3: was, what, three or four movies made <laughs> about them. Um, yeah, it, it certainly depends on your perspective, too. Um, for me, the Indians stick out because that's who the Braves beat to win the World Series. Okay. So, yeah, you know, like when I was growing up as a baseball what, fan. What year was that, though? That was a 95%. Oh, there you go. It was a while ago, yeah. yeah it was a long time Yeah, ago. no, I know that. Yeah. Um, and they haven't. I was eight. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my point, though, sure. where, where we're
4: nowadays, like, you don't really think of, of Cleveland Indians fans. But I thought they were great last night. It was cool to see Cece Sabathia throughout the first pitch, and the crowd really went crazy. Now, Cece, not a good first pitch, though. Um,. Shaquille O'Neal would have had a ball called against him because he was a little high and outside, but st- still cool to see CeCe Sabathia. He was like the, uh I think he was the... the
3: Commissioners exempt. Honorary kind Honorary of guy. Yeah. yeah. And they bookended it too by having him make that that last mound visit yeah. to a world as chapman, which was cool. Let's you know, just give it a little ovation from the crowd.
4: That was cool. Then you have former Indian uh Michael Brantley hit a huge uh double to bring in the first run. Um, you know, and he placed for the, the, the Texans uh Texans, I'm sorry, the Astros now. And uh, you know, the crowd really popped for that, so that was cool to see. But yes, anybody wearing a Cubs jersey, um, Or if your name was Justin Verlander, the former Tiger, you were getting booed. Uh, You were getting booed a lot. Now, I'm not sure if Justin Berlander was getting booed because of he was a former Tiger or if the fact of his get-off-my-lawn comments regarding the home runs. But I'll tell you what, man. It was evident that Justin Verlander was treating last night's All-Star game like it was Game 7 of the World Series. That guy was going for strikeout after strikeout.
3: I was going to say maybe they just didn't like the other woman, the movie. The other woman. So that's why they booed Verlander. Yeah, Kate Upton started in that oh, one. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Did you see that one? No. Okay. Well, how do you know about it then? Because I just Googled movies that Kate Upton's in. Oh, fair enough. To make it a Dude, topical. Dude, you're, you're, you're quick to the draw. Nicely done. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to jump in there. I, I was going to say uh the one thing that irks me, mm-hmm. and I get that, I don't know, he's a, Cle- he's, he's a Cleveland guy. How does Bieber win the MVP? It's it's so tough because you, you answered your own question though because he's a Cleveland guy, but that yeah. shouldn't be what to t- that doesn't make you the most
4: valuable. No, I understand that, but also some guys probably missed out on the nod just because they wanted to have a lot of Cleveland Indians in the All Star game. I mean that's the way All Star games work is, it it's it's geared towards the hometown, it's favored towards that hometown,
3: the host city. I mean that's just the way it is. But okay, so the yeah the the logic behind it is that. We're going to give it to Bieber because he came in, pitched a perfect inning, struck out the side. Yeah. Why wouldn't you give it to the guy who came in, pitched in the ninth inning... When the game is on the line and it's a one run game, struck out the side and rolled as Chapman. Because, so under that
4: because premise. Because they, they call that a save and he doesn't play for the Indians. Simple as that. I mean, that's all it is, man. It's literally, it's, it's a little political. It is what it is. I mean, I don't think Chapman went back to the dugout after not winning MVP and was throwing a fit. I would. He could have had a truck. Is, is that what the, pri- I didn't you see the prize? You get a truck
3: or a car. You get to pick. Was it Toyota? or was it? Uh, I don't remember.
4: Okay, what whatever it was. was. Um, it was, but, th- but listen, it's just it's it's part of the game, man. Game, you know, man. I mean, it's it's political. You yeah. can call it what you want. Yeah. Is it fair? Probably not. Yeah, but you have to give it to the host guy. You just have to.
3: I I'd, I'd give it to Brantley because his RBI base hit put them ahead for good. Once Even again it was one nothing.
4: Not playing for the not playing for the Indians though, is he? He's playing Nobody's for, the, for the Astros got the tie. now.
3: He's got the tie, but I'm saying you have yeah, to go with no, the hometown boy. I, I get it. I just didn't I don't know. It's it's so hard to pick who you're gonna have as the most valuable in a game where everyone at most plays a part of the game. Yeah. And pitchers it's one ninth of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm out there doing eleven percent of the game, am I the most valuable? Yeah. No. No, I understand that. At least the fielders are in for, I don't know, four innings, so you get two ABs. I'll tell you what else was cool, too, that, um,
4: we talked about a little bit of the audio, and you got to kind of hear the players back and forth talking. And I thought another cool thing that they did to kind of bring everyone together on the field and in the stands was the stand up to cancer thing. Yes. And th- they've done that numerous times before. This is nothing new. But, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really cool thing. And basically, for those of you that weren't watching the stand up to cancer initiative, basically everyone gets um, their, their you know their own little parchment here and it says stand up to cancer and it says I stand up for and then basically you uh, put whoever you know in your life or you can just put everyone whoever you want to put but basically people that are affected by cancer and then everyone stands up and shows shows off what they wrote down and players managers uh, fans alike all did it in unison um, and I thought it was a pretty cool scene and then once again it's a scene that's been done many times before but I think it goes without saying
3: you know I think it's a pretty cool thing there. it's especially poignant for cleveland too because carlos carrasco one of their starting yep. pitchers is currently battling which, leukemia which they have he came featured, out yeah with his teammates and you could see it was an emotional moment mm-hmm. his teammate was putting his arm around him you know you you could tell it was getting to those guys and and you know they did a good job obviously uh fox on mlb in showing that moment and really sharing that moment mm-hmm. and it's you know it's something that that strikes deep for a lot of people. Yeah. like As they mentioned, everybody's affected by this.
4: Were you surprised of the lack of home runs in this game? And do you think it's by coincidence? Like, do you think the pitchers really took it upon themselves here to maybe, in the usual All Star game, you know, you're gonna save your arm a little bit, you're gonna, you know, kind of have fun with the whole thing, be nonchalant? Do you think pitchers took it upon themselves, led by, uh, you know, the the master of Justin Verlander on his epic rant? Do you think they actually took it upon themselves to make it a low scoring game?
3: I think it is naturally suited for that to happen. Um, pitchers will always have the advantage in this matchup mm-hmm. because you're only pitching one inning, which means the batters aren't going to see you a second time. And once they get to you a second time and then a third time, that's your best chance to uh be able to have success. So it's certainly and they know they're only pitching one inning, so like you said, they're gonna let it rip. Let it fly. Go, you know, full on all the way to the wall as yeah. you could say. Uh and and throw it 98 99. So I mean, yes, the the pitchers are at advantage and obviously it's it's an age right now where everybody strikes out. The NL team struck out 16 times. Yeah. in the game. AL only struck out seven. But still 23 total strikeouts. A pitcher's duel, man, I'm telling you.
4: But it it is a little weird though because you go from last year, 2018 where there was 10 home runs yeah. in in the All-Star game. Yeah. And then and that was a record. you know. So one would think, especially with the conspiracy theory of the juice the ball, balls, yeah. where you would expect at least to hit double digits. But once again, I mean, and listen, I can't prove it, but I think there was a little extra incentive for, I, for, for the pitchers to go out there and make a statement and say, we have not lost all control of Major League
3: Baseball. We still have pride. And we're gonna strike as many people out as possible with all the talk about the juice baseballs. I keep expecting to hear the uh the drop of of Brent Martineau during his play by play days. Do we have that drop? maybe no, yeah, uh, but you know <laughs> it just makes me think of it every time every time I hear it. Oh, it's just, Kuz is melting down. I don't, oh, know, I don't think you have it, man. No, it's okay. He's
4: I put come a, up with some really big loose balls, and he just did it again. Catchphrase. Yeah. I love it.
3: Thank you. Everyone needs their own catchphrase. I've been telling you, man. I did not give Kuz any leeway on that. I just threw him under No, you literally just threw
4: him in the fire, Ava yeah. Blaine Gabbert. But it's all good, man. Real American hero. <laughs> yep. All right yeah i think we're i think we're done talking major league baseball we got we got an exciting guest coming up man we we have an exciting guest coming up we got conrad thompson who's uh really a who's who in the world of professional wrestling uh is here gonna uh kind of give a shout out to his podcast with jim ross they're gonna be doing a show friday night their first live podcast ever but also he's associated with all elite wrestling gonna talk about all wrestling uh overall the landscape of professional wrestling and Maybe some cool stories that he can share. That's going to be up uh, up here next on ESPN 690. Stuart, man, I'll tell you what. We've talked about two days in a row about baseball. Yeah. We've talked a little golf. Yeah. A little tennis. Sure. We got all the wrestling's fight for the fall coming up this Saturday. And you know what? Haven't talked a lot of wrestling. Brent's, Brent's on vacation. Yeah. And I haven't taken advantage. You know what? That falls on me, and I apologize to our wrestling audience. Well, it's in your wheelhouse. It is in my wheelhouse, man. As you can tell from my passionate rant I'm going on right now. (laughs) That's right. But but in order to make up for the lack of wrestling talk the past couple days, and I apologize to everybody, we are joined by a gentleman who needs no introduction in the wrestling community. But for the casual fan, I'll give you a little introduction. We got Conrad Thompson, a.k.a. the godfather of StarCast, the co-host of Something to Wrestle with Brooch Pritchard, uh, the co-host of What Happened When with Tony Shabani. He's been on 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, and now this Friday, you can see him in the first ever live podcast of Grilling JR with his co-host, Jim Ross. We got Conrad Thompson, man. How
5: you doing? I'm good, dude. I hope I can live up to that intro. Wow! Thanks for having me. No problem. That was man. a good intro.
4: You've earned it, Justin Roberts. Look out! And you know what? That was my first intro ever on the show. That's so beautiful. I've yeah. taken pride into it. Proud of you. That was good. <laughs> but but Conrad, tell fans how they can get a hold of you guys for the Grilling Jr. Pod uh, podcast going live here at the Ramada Conference Center starting at 10 p.m. Is that correct?
5: That's exactly right. We're doing a late-night show the night before AEW does Fight for the Fallen right there at Daly's at the uh, Jacksonville Stadium. And here's the deal. Jim Ross is, is unhinged, man. He's no longer got this Vince McMahon Stanford, Connecticut filter. He can just shoot from the hip and tell you all the stories you've always wanted to hear that maybe he couldn't share, and he's doing that late night, this Friday night, right there in Jacksonville. Pick up your tickets Right now, online at grillingjrlive.com. com, and the rumor and innuendo is we've got one of the biggest possible guests of all time doing a surprise run in. You don't want to miss this. The internet is going to be a buzz on Saturday morning, but you guys have the opportunity to come see it live at grillingjrlive.com. com.
4: Fantastic, man! And we we're talking about grilling Jr. and with with Jim Ross. I mean, obviously, the wow. voice of my childhood, uh, the guy that really set the scene for the wrestling world. Um, I absolutely love your podcast now because it's like you said, he is unfiltered, he is uncensored and he basically says whatever he wants. Now, sometimes I think there's a couple Moscow meals that are also in play that help things move along. But, um, if you guys are new to the whole podcast world and you want to check out a great episode, check out the one involving the WWE draft where Jim Ross basically just goes and filtered and talks about what went down from his move to Raw to SmackDown. Um, how fun was that doing that interview, and did you learn a lot from it?
5: It was phenomenal because for years and years we've always heard Jim Ross's side of things with a little bit of a filter. You know, he had a wife to take care of. He had a household to provide for. He had a contract to honor Uh, Now, at this point, he's no longer under contract to WWE, so he can speak his true feelings about the mind behind common wrestling. You know, these days, modern-day wrestling is sort of end-all, be-all with Vince McMahon, at least until AEW. But now there's a new sheriff in town named Tony Khan. Vince McMahon's no longer the only king, and uh, Jim can tell his true feelings and really delve deep into what exactly it meant to have Vince humiliate him on TV, not once, not twice, but a dozen times, why it happened, when he knew it would happen, and, and what he thinks Vince's motivation was. We've never really dug into that, so we get a real glimpse into their interpersonal relationship and sort of the psyche of Vince McMahon from someone who knew him best, Jim Ross. And if you've got a question you've always wanted to know, you know, sort of the dirt, the rumor in any window about professional wrestling, who better to ask than Jim Ross right now? While it appears, for lack of a better word, he's got an ax to grind, and he's no longer sort of chained up by Vince McMahon, ask it this Friday night right there in Jacksonville, com.
3: Hey, Conrad, this is Stuart Weber joining you here and talking a little AEW. The last time that I remember you were in Jacksonville was at the, the start of this whole thing, that big first press conference. Tell me a little bit about getting involved with AEW in the first place and how you kind of were able to, you know, make a deal and be able to hang out with these guys and be able to make that huge unveil. And obviously you had some fireworks with MJF that day, too.
5: Well, here's the deal. I don't have a deal with AEW, and I never have. I've just been friends with Tony Khan since 2015. He first heard uh, the Rick Flair podcast years ago on uh, the CBS platform. And he followed me on social media we started dming and realized you know we had a lot in common i didn't know at the time who tony Khan was or what the Khan family you know did with professional sports worldwide he was just you know a listener to one of my podcasts with a blue check mark it wasn't until you know i guess sometime last year i realized wait a minute this guy might have aspirations of doing something in the wrestling business and now of course aew is all anybody's talking about it's it's the new hip cool thing and That's not a surprise to me because Tony has great taste in wrestling. And I guess sometime in January or maybe late December, I think it was maybe early January, uh, he sent me a text and said, hey, what are you doing on January, whatever the date was. And I had an idea what that meant. And I said, whatever you want, smiley face, because we had been just wrestling friends for a few years at that point. So I showed up not really knowing what to expect, but thought I should probably take a suit, even though nobody told me that. And then they sort of laid out what they needed me to do, and I was really glad I did. So it's, uh, it's kind of made me the Forrest Gump of wrestling. I'm not supposed to be in this spot. I have no <laughs> idea why I was. Uh, but, you know, looking back, it's easy to see. He always wanted Jim Ross. Jim Ross wasn't available. He was under contract to WWE. So who's another fat southern boy with an accent who loved wrestling he can get to be a stunt double? And he picked me, and I'm glad he did.
4: <laughs> well, if you guys have anything in common with you and Tony Khan, you guys are both diehard wrestling fans. And and my question for you, Conrad, is you're a guy that kind of blew up on the scene out of nowhere. You're actually, and if you go on Twitter and you look at your Twitter handle, you're referred to as Conrad the Mortgage Guy. And that's not some random joke. You're actually, you start out as a mortgage broker. How the heck do you go from being in the world of Mortgages basically, and being one of the biggest names outside the ring of the world of professional wrestling.
5: Well, total accident again. Um, I still do mortgages. I didn't just start out doing it. I'd be glad to do it now. And we're licensed in Florida. So if you want to do your loan with a mortgage guy who happens to love wrestling like you do, hit me up on Twitter. Hey, hey, it's Conrad. <laughs> I'd be happy to help. Uh, but no, I became friends with rick Flair, and uh, it was at a tough time in Rick's life where he had just lost his son. and. He was looking for somebody to drown his sorrows with. And every time Ray called and said, hey, man, want to go drinking today? I said, yes. So we quickly became fast friends, and uh, eventually CBS made an offer to do a podcast. And believe it or not, one of the greatest talkers of all time was a little nervous about uh, doing a podcast. He's like, I don't know what to say. Uh, How do I do this if there's nobody to talk to? So he asked me to come in on the very first episode and just ask fan questions. I was delighted to do so. And at the end of the episode, CBS dug it and he dug it. They asked me to come back the next week. I found myself becoming an accidental podcaster. And through that Rick Flair show, I had the opportunity to, you know, meet Arn Anderson and do interviews with Bruce Pritchard and Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff and Jim Ross. And now I have podcasts with all of them. Who would have thought?
4: Well, and it's absolutely insane because you being a fan of wrestling, I mean, it's almost like you guys are at a bar when I listen to some of your podcasts because it's just like two good old boys sitting together, you know, talking wrestling in the old days. And, yeah, it's great to go back in time and hear all these stories from from all these, you know, big figures of of the sport. But also you need someone that can write that ship. You you need someone that can kind of steer the course a little bit through all these stories. And I think, Conrad, that's where you come in and everything. And just how 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 much fun have you had doing these podcasts? i'm
5: living my dream man never in a million years would i have imagined i'd be in this spot i don't i'm not a trained professional like you guys probably you know went to school for this and have
0: broadcasting
5: (laughs) (laughs) well there you go but you know most of the time someone who has a successful radio show or podcast man they've got you know bachelor's degrees in broadcasting or journalism or communication i've done that you know i'm just a, a super passionate fan who tries real hard and uh i've been very fortunate that a lot of wrestling fans have a similar you know mindset and appetite and thirst for knowledge that i do so i think i find myself asking a lot of the questions that wrestling fans want to hear and i feel like i'm uniquely qualified to know what makes a good podcast because i'm just a fan and most other wrestler podcasts are a wrestler talking to another wrestler there's not really fan representation there and and there is with my podcast and you know, I double down on the research, I won't be outworked, so I'm going to bring the interesting extra little questions that maybe other people have missed over the years. So you get that extra little bit of information that's not just been out there for decades, and and that's what's made the, the podcast work.
4: Speaking of uh, not being outworked, I mean, set aside from doing your podcast, you're also considered the godfather of StarCast, and for those of you listening who aren't aware, StarCast is basically a giant wrestling convention that features Wrestlers from the new school and old school, um, and it's basically a place for wrestling fans to get together and take part in some cool experiences. The very first Starcast was in Chicago for 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 All In. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Starcast two in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing. I gotta ask you, how big of a challenge was it because we think of Chicago, it's one of the biggest wrestling cities in the entire world. Um, you think of Las Vegas, not necessarily. It's a big convention city, but not a big wrestling city. Um, how, how did it compare to having it in Las Vegas as opposed to Chicago?
5: It's the worst decision I've made in 2019, without question. I mean, I had a great time and, and we had a lot of fans there, more fans than we even had in Chicago, so it was financially successful, but you know the um, the airfare for fans was expensive. The hotels for fans were expensive. The Las Vegas labor unions were expensive for me. Uh, so the expense and and the, the risk and the gamble was a lot higher. And because the stakes were higher, I tried to pull out all the stops. And as you probably know, I got hit with a few shots on the way. Uh, Ric Flair wasn't able to appear, and he was sort of my main event attraction with the roast of Ric Flair being canceled because he was in the hospital. And it just goes on from there. So. A series of, um, I mean, it was almost like Murphy's Law. Anything that could go wrong with Starcast 2 with with headline talent seemingly did. Uh, But we survived, and fans had a phenomenal time, you know, even without Rick being there. And and we tried to work hard to over-deliver, and I I got, you know, high praise from everyone who was actually at the event. And uh, we're excited to bring it back to Chicago this Labor Day. And the rumor and innuendo is we've got our biggest announcement of the year coming tomorrow. So stay tuned okay. for that.
4: Right on. And I got to ask, you know, you said some things went wrong. I mean, one of the biggest things and a guy who's the, uh, all the wrestling fans are very familiar with is Chris Jericho, where he opted to cancel his podcast, um, you know, during StarCast. I mean, did you guys kind of have a of falling out a little bit with that? I mean, was that something that was always planned or did he kind of pull the rug underneath your feet a little bit with that decision?
5: Uh, no comment. <laughs> okay, fair enough, man, fair enough. I'll, I'll let you draw your own conclusions from that. No comment. Okay.
3: S- certainly. Uh, we know everyone here in Jacksonville is excited because AEW has those Jacksonville roots. This Fight for the Fallen event that's happening this weekend coming up here in Jacksonville Saturday night, it's certainly an exciting step and it's an exciting movement forward for AEW. What do you think AEW has to accomplish now that they've they've kind of had a couple events under their belts? Obviously, the Double or Nothing was this huge giant thing. Uh, Fighter Fest followed it up nicely. It's one of those things where they kind of have to keep carrying this momentum all the way to Chicago, where uh, All Out's taking place.
5: Yeah, I mean, I really do feel like, uh, you know, you're looking for 10 pole events. Double or nothing was definitely that. I think it's the best pay-per-view of the year and perhaps several years. Uh, Fighter Fest was a great show, but it sort of built towards another one. It was a fun show but for sure, but not nearly as noteworthy uh, as maybe the first one. Uh, and I think that Fight for the Fallen will be the same thing. I think we'll see tremendous matches, a great time. It'll be the best wrestling on Saturday no matter what WWE tries to convince you of, it will be the best show of the day. Uh, and, And then I think that sets up all out very nicely. You know, we already know what the main event of that is with Hangman Adam Page, who a lot of people, you know, believe is you know, sort of Jim Ross's next Stone Cold Steve Austin in that He's got a huge upside. He's very young. We don't know what that looks like, and I know a lot of hardcore wrestling fans probably heard me say that just now and think, well, that's ridiculous. I challenge you to go back and look at Steve Austin in WCW and look at Hangman Adam Page right now and tell me who's further along. I think Hangman Adam Page is going to be one of the biggest stars ever in professional wrestling, and only time will tell that. But I think Tony Khan has bet correctly, and he's put him in the main event against Chris Jericho, a guy who wrestling fans worldwide know is one of the top ten greatest of all time. And if that's your main event in Chicago, it's going to be a hit, to the point that the interest for All Out surpassed every WrestleMania ever as far as ticket interest. They could have sold a stadium full. And fine for the Fallen is just going to reinforce that. And uh, the talk today is that Jericho is going to have a live mic. i got to know what that's going to be about. I feel like it's going to be something in Hangman's direction, and uh, people are going to be ready for Chicago come this Sunday
3: kind of funny we actually have a stadium here in jacksonville
5: <laughs> you know i mean you got to think eventually that's going to happen right i mean i'm really excited that that tony brought AEW to jacksonville sort of the home of the jaguars the home of the con family why wouldn't you it seems like a natural fit uh so i'm really excited that they got them a show early especially a show for charity i, I think we're sort of burying the lead there that this is no doubt. all the benefit of great cause. Yes. but the idea of them running a stadium you got to think jacksonville is going to be on the short list
4: Conrad, you mentioned Hangman Page, a guy who's been on the show a couple times here. Um, A guy who really, when he started out, when I followed him in New Japan, um, you know, wasn't necessarily really over with the crowd yet. He wasn't really a well-known character. All of a sudden he's featured on Being the Elite and all of a sudden it's hashtag Where's Hangman Page and he really honestly made his name off of a YouTube channel by the Bucks. Just like I feel like All In came from a YouTube channel from the Bucks and you know, the birth of Starcast could be said for the same thing i mean are are you surprised with the landscape of wrestling now where it's so social media friendly where instead of spending so much time to tell the stories during a a taping or something like that you, you can tell the stories now through a youtube channel
5: you know content is content and the accessibility to content is key you know if you have a great show on a station no one has what accessibility do they really have and you're seeing that with some of the other wrestling promotions who are making a valiant effort to be on tv but if they don't have the clearances and people can't see it what good is it really? Well, what the Young Bucks recognized before they were signed to a big-time exclusive contract was, that, hey, you know what? We can tell our own story for free through YouTube, but we don't have to work with cable systems. We don't have to negotiate clearances and big production budgets. What if we just sort of did it ourselves, a little DIY effort? And that really is the reason AEW exists, and I won't have anybody tell me otherwise. I don't know that Tony Khan decides that he wants to double down on professional wrestling and take this risk if the young bucks never start their own youtube channel that sounds silly i'm sure but realistically it sold out all in and it sold them millions of dollars worth of t-shirts and it got them into hot topic and it introduced uh, uh, another continent all the continents to kenny omega where maybe american fans wouldn't have been as privy to who kenny omega was or what he was doing when he was setting the world ablaze in japan so and how about this? Stardust was was the way people probably most last remembered Cody Rhodes. And yes. then yes, he did have a lot of independent shows, and he had great success in Ring of Honor. But being on Being the Elite gave Cody Rhodes a platform to tell you who he really was—not who someone scripted him to be, but who he really was. And Cody Rhodes, through Being the Elite, became the best storyteller in wrestling. So, for everyone listening to this who thinks, "Oh, I wish I could. I wish this. I wish that." Just go do it. I mean, the Young Bucks are the example of exactly that. They just did it. They just created their own thing, created their own path, and as a result, being the elite, created the success of All In, and I gotta argue, created All Elite Wrestling.
4: And with Tony Khan, you know, it's a guy that I know pretty well. I played three years for the Jaguars, and I would always see him in passing. Never realized he was a big wrestling fan until All Elite Wrestling got announced, but and yes, don't make no mistake about it, Tony Khan is is the boss of All Elite Wrestling, but it seems like he's put a bunch of people in charge that know the business inside and out, with Cody Rhodes, with the Young Bucks, with Kenny Omega. Do you think that's a big-time advantage compared to maybe some of the other wrestling companies out there, where they actually have wrestlers that work day in day out that know the business running the whole operation
5: i do i think that presents a certain amount of challenges you know i didn't really realize that until jim ross said you know hey you've got the boys running the show historically uh that has, has has given some issues created created some challenges that being said this is a new era of wrestler you know this is not the old way of doing things once upon a time Guys didn't want to lose to another guy. You know, they call it in wrestling. They didn't want to do the job. And and now guys sign up. They can't wait to say, "No, I don't want to go over here. I don't want to win this match. You should win this match. It's your turn." It's a different era of wrestling. It's it's um it's just a different time. And I think that that Tony has made the right call in surrounding himself with the best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega, the best tag team in the world, The Young Bucks, and the best storyteller in the world. And Cody Rhodes. And I think in this space, you've got the best storyteller, the best tag team, the best singles wrestler. What else do you need?
4: Yeah. Absolutely, um, and you know mentioning JR again too as well on, on the Grilling JR podcast, I mean I, I appreciate just how transparent Jim Ross is with All Eat Wrestling because I'm going to be honest, he doesn't always agree with everything on the podcast with All Elite Wrestling because there is some new school stuff that's happening and you know he's more of the old school kind of guy and he has no problems um, saying what he's against and he feels comfortable with that, so once again uh, you guys will be in town in Jacksonville this Friday, the Grilling JR podcast goes live at the ramada conference center starting at 10 p.m um tickets still available uh conrad thompson man i appreciate you coming on the show and talking a little wrestling with us
5: hey man thanks for having me looking forward to seeing everybody grilling is the place to snatch your tickets they're just 30, 30 something bucks but I, i'm telling you the wrestling world will be talking about this show come saturday morning so don't you dare miss it grilling
4: fantastic man have a good one
5: thanks man you too
3: all right, so a little all elite wrestling talk. A we'll little talk about Jr. and the business, and and Austin Lane's happy zone. Oh yeah, back in my happy zone, back in the old happy zone. Yep, and now it's my happy song too. There it is, it's a country music song. It's a great tie-in.
4: Yeah, it's a fantastic tie. You know, it seemed like Conrad Thompson's a good old country boy, and we got a little good old country boy outro coming up here. So, but I thought it was really informative. The fact that uh, he wasn't a fan of Starcast too, per no. se, in Las Vegas.
3: Knowledge imparted. Knowledge imparted. Wrestling. Coming to Jacksonville this yeah. Saturday night. Uh exciting for everyone who is excited about that. We'll uh we'll switch gears here. Little SP talk coming oh, up. A little bit. Maybe. Little little S P predictions? I like it. What's Whoa. on the line? Let's find out. We'll discuss that next on ESPN 690. And we are back. A little Action Sports Jack's Radio on a Wednesday on ESPN 690. Six ninety. You like that, right? Like what? That catch there. Didn't see it. But yep. I'll take your word for it. It was awesome.
0: Okay.
3: I don't well, know. I, I guess we can go back to the video and. Yeah, the I don't know if really the video awesome. stream saw it. But your your top to your bottle was rolling off the table. I did one of those catches as it was falling. Huh? Do you want a cookie?
2: Yeah. You got one. We got any cookies in here, Cruz. You know, if we did, I would have eaten them already. Hey, oh when
4: when are we gonna get like another food sponsor here bringing food? What are everybody. you guys doing? A
2: remote? <laughs> I know exactly. It seems like every uh, time
4: that we go on location, which hasn't been a lot lately, we get, you know, either boil Tropica. I mean, I'll, I'm not going to name drop everybody because that's free advertising. <laughs> Cut the check, everybody. But Kuz gets all the free food he can handle while me and Brent are on the road, just malnourished. So it's it's ridiculous, and I will not stand for it. As you eat your food in the commercial break. Well, I have to do that, You man. do. It's yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you have to keep we the tank full. We can't have you be malnourished. have to keep the tank full. It's it's fight camp. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yep. How's that going, by the way? Fight camp's going great, man. We're uh, we're towards the end of it now. Okay. Um, usually the way it works, since I don't have to cut any weight, uh, the, the last week, so next week will be the last week of fight camp because the fight isn't, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, so uh, the last week is more of just kind of laying low. More of a mental thing as it is as opposed to physical. So less
3: punching things,
4: less punching things, less getting punched. So this week is you know one of the hardest weeks, and then while, by, the, by the time Saturday afternoon hits, uh, I'll be all set and ready to roll, and then we'll just uh, we'll kind of coast the next week. So it's been going good though. Thank you for asking. Good, yeah. I know uh, we're excited. Yeah, zero. I mean, and the biggest thing is staying healthy, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it is it is taxing on your body, and thankfully, knock on wood, haven't had any injuries. So uh, it's been a very successful fight camp. Excellent. So far.
3: Are you yeah. coming or not? It's all the way in Tallahassee. It is a long yeah. track, man. That'd be, that'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We'll just send Coos again and make well, him sure, shoot video. You can it's it's streaming. You can watch the stream.
4: This one's streaming. Yeah, terrific. I think it's uh I should probably wait to see what the website is I before I just, probably know the stream before I give out a, a fake one. Um, it's boxingtvorsomething.com. But I'll I'll be sure to share that on my Twitter page, and I'm sure the ESPN 690 page will share that out as well. Um, it is a pay-per-view though, unfortunately, so it's not free 99. Oh. but I'm sure you can go on Reddit and find it. You know, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I'm getting paid the same regardless.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> All right, this is true. There uh, you go. You know, you don't care. Just you don't care. Just have at it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, not, not caring, caring and
4: yeah. have at, having at it, if you will, uh, more of a of a broader topic that was in our discussions today a little bit that I wanted to touch on, and with the NBA free agency, you saw it more prevalent than ever. But and you're you're the perfect guy to ask for this, Stuart, because you you've been in this line of work now for a while. Um, it's been a hot second. Yeah. So in terms of sports personalities, and I bring up the example of Kawhi Leonard, um, when people were trying to speculate where he was going to go, we had Jalen Rose say that he was 99 0.9% sure that he was going back to Toronto. That's what his sources were telling him. And he went on live television and said that. Um, Chris Broussard, uh, another NBA analyst on uh, ESPN, I think, um, said that there was no way that Kawhi Leonard was going to go to the LA Clippers and that the offer was off the table, and he guaranteed it. So you have two examples of guys
3: who were 110% completely wrong. and Which, sure. in, it, which in itself is completely wrong because you can never be 110 percent sorry man 100
4: completely <laughs> wrong thank you for just really wrecking the flow here but that's um, what i do man yeah, i'm for a, sure i am a flow wrecker no, you're all good. but uh but so getting back to the point though where it's like so should those guys be held accountable and when i say accountable yes they were getting roasted on twitter uh, and that sucks for them sometimes maybe that's the worst uh form of accountability is getting roasted on twitter but should there be
3: some sense of accountability so here's the thing. The lines have very much been blurred between what an actual journalist is versus someone who just goes on there and says whatever they want.
0: Yeah.
3: And this is what happens when you're putting people in these broadcast positions who maybe didn't go to journalism school mm-hmm. um, as somebody who went to journalism school. Uh, they teach you these things.
4: Yeah, it's it's the Journalism
3: code of Ethics. Dude, I was there at Murray State. I know what you're talking about. Right, so you're a great example because you can come on here and you're not going to say something unless you're 100% positive and you have multiple sources to back it up that this is going to happen.
4: Yeah, or else I'm going to say I'm just speculating
3: or or I I think. Yeah, I I believe, yeah. So the line becomes very blurred these days especially with social media mm-hmm. and everybody wants to be first but if you're wrong who cares if you were first because mm-hmm. every time and see it, here's part of the problem every time that you're wrong about something you lose credibility exactly right but the problem is it's it's just become a lot of a it's a lot of a joke when somebody gets something wrong like that instead of losing credibility people are just like oh ha, ha, he always gets these things wrong yeah they're not it's not being taken as seriously as maybe it should and i don't know when when i was in college any anything we had any test any paper if you got a fact wrong it was 50% off your grade wow 50% off for a fact error mm-hmm. And this is the University of Florida we're talking about here. This is at UF. Yeah. And these are broadcasting classes. To It's to drive home how important getting your facts straight is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're in positions where they're dealing with more than facts. They're dealing with speculation. They're dealing with things that aren't 100% certain or done. And a lot of that has to do with how much do you trust your sources. And... Certainly it was wrong the mm-hmm. you know the what they had said both both of them were wrong, but who knows maybe they both did have two sources that they felt were really strong, and those people were both wrong so it's it's the problem with sources it's the problem with the the constant need to drop woge bombs, yeah. To, to well, be and, that first person to get this news out there. And,
4: and, and that's a classic example. I mean, you're talking about Adrian Wojanowski, you're talking about Ian Rappaport, you're talking about Adam Schefter. These are the guys that people turn to, um, for the breaking news. And when that news breaks, they get the clicks, they get the likes, and guess what? They garner a following. And if you look out there, you know, look at Wojnowski's Twitter followers. Look at Schefter's Twitter followers. I mean, they're off the charts. And there's a reason for that, because they break everything. And I definitely get to your point where I feel like, Someone who maybe hasn't gone through the journalism school, who hasn't gone through broadcasting, who just kind of willy-nilly just says whatever they want to say in hopes of that they can look back and be like, you know what? I was right right there. Let's get some Twitter followers. Let's get some Instagram followers. And sometimes it works that way. I just have an issue where there is no accountability. And I think – in the world now of, of sports media, you're only going to see it get worse and worse and worse. And it's not just the sources that, that that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I think another issue, and this is me being a former player sure. to now talking on the radio every single day, is the fact that the lack of accountability and for how pro athletes get treated. For instance, say – and I'm not trying to call anybody out here, but I'm saying, for instance, say, uh, say a, a football player – makes a dumb mistake, and maybe someone calls that guy an idiot, or they call him a dumbass for making that mistake. Well, being in the radio, you can say that because you know what? You don't have to go see that player every single day at practice. Maybe you can hide behind your microphone. Maybe you can sit in your studio and never have to see that player. I always approach it like, and this is what I was taught, I think it's one of the coolest things I was taught uh, with radio, is that you have to treat radio like when you're done with your job at the end of the day on this show or any show... Imagine walking out to your car and that person is standing there and depending what you said about that person depends on his reaction and if you're fair if you don't make anything personal if you're objective that person that when you walk to your car should be cool with it if there is issues then that person might try to beat you up now I'm feeling confident I'm going to be fine but it's just a figure of speech you know what I'm saying and I think that that's another problem where it seems like the guys that want to call out the players that want to make things personal are the guys that are celebrated are the guys that get the retweets and are the guys that get the following and it, maybe it's just the state of the times it's maybe a vicious cycle man it is a vicious cycle and maybe i'm just the guy that's you know i'm, I'm on my porch right now we're saying breaking kids, the cycle well maybe i'm on the guy on the porch saying get off my lawn you know as maybe, possible maybe i'm the one has got to adapt a little bit more but if I, I, I want to you. be
3: somebody so you're not alone on the porch we're yeah. both drinking brews <laughs> on the porch together yeah, yeah all yeah. right and yelling at kids to get off the get off the lawn yeah because it is a vicious cycle because they're being rewarded for this behavior yeah and the the worst thing that can happen to them is, Oh, they're on freezing cold takes on Twitter, yeah, that's, or old yeah. takes exposed you know yeah, yeah. that's that's the worst thing that can happen when you go and and make a fool from a journalistic standpoint, mm-hmm.
4: and it's so fascinating too, that sports is the only form of journalism and media where you can completely. Mess up what you say. Completely be a hundred and ten percent. Hundred percent wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and no one's gonna call you out with fake news, you know. Like and especially the times that we're living in, and not to get all political in here, but fake news hashtag fake news right. is a big thing now. And um, anchors that report the wrong story or, or that maybe mislead people, they get called out, and sometimes they get demoted. But in the sports world, it's completely different. It's Thunderdome. There really are no rules, and. Um, I'm just glad we got to talk about it a little bit here.
3: Yeah, you know, we we love that behind-the-curtain aspect of it, and it's it's interesting for me just because of the stark differences between uh, opinion-based radio versus fact-based television, mm-hmm. at least from our perspective of what we do, yeah. where it should be fact-based. So it's, it's a fun topic and one that we obviously will continue to talk about. Another thing we're going to continue to talk about is balling. And Fallen. It is a staple. Who are doing both of those things separately. That's next on ESPN 690. The third and final hour of today's show. A little Wednesday on Action Sports Jacks Radio here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Sorry, I was having a little lunch. Sorry I'm late no, to the
4: party. You, yeah, No, you're good.
3: Yeah. A, a simple hello would work. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Stuart Weber here uh, sitting in for the... The big man, Brent Martineau, currently up in uh, Little Roadie, as he likes to call it. Rhode Island? Rhode Island, his home state. Nice. What's he doing in Rhode Island? Do we know? See family. I got you. What else are you doing in Rhode Island? Yeah. He can probably answer that next week.
4: Well, I'll tell you what, he picked a good time for a little vacation because it it has been a little quiet around Jacksonville uh, in terms Mm -hmm. of football-related things. Gardner Minshew um, took it upon himself to, to be Jonah, if you will, and dove in the ocean with a A semi-Goliath grouper and got a picture with that. If you haven't seen it yet, go on Twitter and
3: check out his Twitter account. I Uh, like that we just run with it being a Goliath grouper. I said a semi-Goliath grouper, Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just saying as the actual fish type. Oh, isn't that what it is? I mean, it looks like one. Okay. But uh, as we mentioned earlier, I'm no marine biologist. Alright, well,
4: it's a giant fish. Go on his Twitter and check <laughs> it out then, if, if people want to see it. Um, but in, in other Jaguars related news today too, as well, uh, they, they, they sign a guy, um, an un, uh, undrafted free agent, uh,
3: and Marcus Sims. Yeah, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Pellostower from the NFL Network sources saying that they've agreed pending a physical to bring in Marcus Sims, who was expected to go in the supplemental draft. He did not. Mm-hmm uh only one player went in the supplemental draft and so uh there are reports that he perhaps is coming to Jacksonville we'll wait of course for the team to officially announce that uh but perhaps another another name yeah and, for and the receiving battle and, and you will know, go ahead and call it uh me being
4: kind of new to the whole radio scene and call it me uh having my first uh supplemented draft pick that didn't go through and became a free agent my first time experiencing that so maybe i'm overhyping it a little bit but the fact that the dude runs a 4-4 and like i've said before on the show you can't teach a 4-4 now yes he was the third receiving option at west virginia um doesn't really have you know any eye gawking numbers i mean you're talking about a guy who caught you know uh, 46 uh, balls for 699 yards and two touchdowns his senior year. So, or his last year, I'm sorry. So, um, no, nothing crazy, but at the same time, it is depth and it is competition and competition breeds out greatness. So, anytime you can add a guy who's intriguing, at least, um, that's not an offensive lineman that, you know, you can't really tell by the numbers, uh, I think it's exciting. So, I'm excited to see what the guy's got to offer. He's
3: getting a chance and sometimes it's all you need. 15 days. From the start of training camp, that would be uh, Gardner Minshew days. Yes, fifteen. What is the biggest thing you will be
4: watching for at training camp here? And by the way, Foles is the,
3: the easiest answer ever. So let's pick something besides Nick Foles. Foles is an easy answer. I'm just I'm just gonna watch everything.
0: Okay.
3: It's gonna depend on the day. Uh, from from my perspective, from from what we do on the TV side, at least from what I do, um, we tend to be more pointed in in how we tend to approach it so obviously you have stories that pop up over the course of training camp and that that kind of leads you towards what you want to watch and i'll think about it more as to what i'm truly keeping an eye on but you know we go in with a mindset of okay we're we're talking to this guy let's kind of see how this battle progresses so i do like that aspect where it changes from day to day what what I kind of have my eye on because I'm looking through a lens for the most part, yeah, and I tend to be pretty focused on something. When True.
4: So kind of every day is a new day for you, which yeah. is makes things exciting. Me personally, um, you might as well just call me the conspiracy theorist because I've been campaigning a new defense now since the show started, and that's where I'm gonna stick on, and that's what I'll be watching for. Definitely is, uh, you know where the defense is gonna go from here. Is it gonna change at all? Will it be the same look as last year, or will Dom Caper have a little influence on it? Will we see? Some new looks, um, especially with the players that they have now with Josh Allen and Gakwe not being signed yet. But, uh, you know, I I think um, you always got to tweak things here or there. Uh, Their defense wasn't the problem last year, but I think they were exposed a little bit, especially from the slot receivers. So I'm curious to see if we see any changes there. So that's what I'll be watching. And obviously play on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, That's what I'm comfortable watching. But yeah, I'll be watching Nick Foles as well. Hopefully he'll he'll be be balling uh, during training camp.
3: So, Marcus Sims, mm-hmm. uh, rumored to be coming to Jacksonville and a report by Tom Pelissaro. We happen to have a caller on the line who wants to talk about it. It's South Beach, Gary. All right. He knows how to dial star, star 690. Uh, Gary, is perhaps the song of the day Marcus by Old Daisy?
1: No, the song of the day is going to be Always Be My Baby by the great Mariah Carey. Okay, okay. The best female singer of all time, in my opinion. She hit notes. I haven't heard anybody else do. I mean, with all due
4: respect, Aretha Franklin says what's up, but hey, I will give it to you.
1: Well, she can't hit the nose of Mariah. Mariah can break glass with her voice. True, true. She's I'll unbelievable. Uh, the, uh, the, let's tell it like it is, guys, because you know often I tell it like it is, and there's some people on Twitter that don't like it, but I, 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 I state my opinion and I stand by my opinion. The fact that... Discipline has been questioned by the Jaguars, let's face it, the, the way, by national members of the media, Ross Tucker, several people have questioned that, say the fact that Jaguars may be the most undisciplined team in the NFL right now, which is funny, coming from uh, our Tom Coughlin, uh, you know, uh, controlled, uh, your front office, the fact that if they signed the Marcus Sims, who's had trouble with the DUIs at West Virginia, bringing that culture into a team that's, that's frankly still trying to change their culture, I don't think that's the best idea. You're looking to bring in high-character guys right now, not the fact that just because you need to sign somebody, you sign someone because of talent, when the fact is you're trying to change the culture, trying to change the image. City. I don't
3: think that's the best idea for the team. And I'll hang up and listen, guys. Fantastic. All right, good stuff, so, Gary. Yeah, love love it when people can chime right in with what we're talking about and kind of give their opinion. That's great, good stuff uh, and a good a good thought certainly to think about. A- in my personal opinion, I don't feel like a rookie who is not even coming through the draft. So the team has zero equity in him. Zero. Nothing really committed to him at this point. I don't think that would affect the full, you know, culture of the team when it's somebody you can just cut loose and shoot. It's somebody who's really going to have to fight hard to make the roster uh, come training camp. So, I'd I see it as a very low risk kind of thing, but I, I certainly get where Gary's coming from in this in this point.
0: So
4: and the article that Gary's referring to um is by journalist Ross Tucker, who's a former NFL player uh in his own right, um, wrote an article for the athletic where he thought that the Jaguars are the most undisciplined team in the NFL. Number one, no. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers have existed. And if you want to go from undisciplined teams last year, was there anybody more undisciplined than the Pittsburgh Steelers? We're talking about a team whose star wide receiver went AWOL. We're talking about a team whose star running back didn't play uh we're talking about a team for the national anthem one guy went out by himself while the other guys stay in the locker room and now that's a political thing but it's still a distraction that's all we ever talked about for that whole week so in terms of undisciplined not being on the same page no Steelers have the Jaguars beat and let's think of another thing if you look back at the article that Ross Tucker um wrote he gave examples of Jalen Ramsey with that GQ article. Yes, I think that was unfortunate for all parties. Wasn't a good look for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But he also gets into the point where Yannick Ngakwe got a fight on the field and Jalen Ramsey was mad at the media. I got news for you. If you've never been in the NFL before, there's going to be fights 24-7 on the field. Now, yes, it's probably not like the old days where there's a fight every single day, but fights do happen. When you're going against the same guys, whether you're family, whether you're teammates, you're going to be in a fight, man, because you're going against the same guys every single day it's hot um guys get annoyed with each other it happens so you can't use the fact of yannick
3: and Gakwe getting in a fight as an example i mean it happens in the action sports jack's office by the end of training camp we're so sick of each other yeah we're getting snippy yeah absolutely so totally the same thing physical physical altercations uh South
2: south beach gary just called me back up and he said that he wanted to reiterate that none of the steelers players were arrested
4: who was arrested from the Jaguars again?
3: Not Dante Fowler. Yeah. Did I, did I go to jail? I guess I was arrested. Did I go to jail? It's how about Leonard Fournette oh, with the whole they get in trouble license? in London? Yeah, yeah. Well, they were detained. They were never arrested. That's fair. I know it's semantics. It's all semantics.
4: But, yeah, I mean, getting back to the point, though, where you're talking about a guy, Marcus Sims, yes, he has some red flags about him, but... Let's not lie. This is the NFL. Yeah. And in the NFL, you have to ask yourself the question, does the talent outweigh the red flags? And that's the way the game's always been. Sure. And it's the game. Uh, it's the way it always will be. Now, does he have some discipline issues? Yes. But do the Jaguars need depth at wide receiver? Do they need guys to push each other to try to, um, you know, do well? Absolutely. So in the terms of the discipline category, um, you can put it on Doug Marone if you want. You can put it on Tom Coughlin. But like I said before on the show, when you're dealing with some of the best teams in the NFL, like the Seattle Seahawks were five, six years ago, Pete Carroll's the most easygoing coach in the entire NFL. He he will let you get away with anything. He's the true player's coach. But they have the leadership. They have the veterans that monitor themselves. What you saw last year, whether it was in England with guys not paying their tab and getting in trouble, um, whether it was, you know, some disagreements in the locker room or Leonard Fournette punching the dude on the sidelines for the Buffalo game, or Leonard Fournette and TJ Yelding sitting on the sidelines after the Houston Texans game, what you saw there, I think, honestly, was the lack of leadership. Leadership in the locker room. You had a young team who wasn't accustomed to losing, who didn't know how to handle themselves when they did lose. And once that happens and that snowballs, it's a nightmare. You're talking about this year now, you have Nick Foles on offense, you have a guy who's been in the Super Bowl, who's been the Super Bowl MVP, uh, a leader in his own right, um, a guy who, when he left Philly, you saw a lot of guys in that Philadelphia locker room were mad to see him go. You have and listen, you have Marcel Darius, you have Clayus Campbell, who maybe aren't the most vocal guys, but have to monitor a little better. You have Jalen Ramsey that's come out and said that he's going to be a changed man. He's matured a little bit. So I wouldn't be too worried this year about the discipline and the adversity. I, I really wouldn't.
3: I feel like we're a little fired up right now, and I like
4: it. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, it's just that, <laughs> that, that, that whole Ross Tucker yeah, um, uh, article kind of r- rubbed me the wrong. And I get it. You know, guys are trying to find articles. Guys are trying to write stories because it is the dog days of summer right now. Not a lot going on in the football world. but um it it, it kind of upsets me when you use fights on the field as an example of undiscipline.
3: Well, lucky for you, I know something that doesn't upset you and can cool you off. Yes. I think it's happy hour. Let's get it.
4: A drink, get a star tender. Uh, whoa! Have oh, a drink, oh. get a shot, and tip your star tenders.
2: Man, like. Started happy hour early? After
4: like 130 shows, uh, I messed that up Is that finally. The first
3: one? First one I ever messed up. <laughs> Trust me, though, there'll be more. Well, one thing that's never messed up. Vida de Louis, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jacksonville Beach. Make your own recipes with Vida de Louis tequila, the smoothest tequila you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and some merchandise, visit com. And remember to drink responsibly.
4: And since we're quick, uh, before we shift gears here, we're on the topic yeah. of leadership and um you know, just uh, upper management, I guess. Yeah. The Houston Texans have just announced that they will not be hiring a general manager for the 2019 season, and oh. they will divvy the responsibilities up amongst the existing front office
3: members. Interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. And they're not not—they're not even saying, like, this one person is going to handle that. No, I mean, the, the, they gave a few names. Uh, Was the head coach in that? Was Bill O'Brien in there? Bill O'Brien is not in there. Uh, Chris
4: Olson, James Lippert. Uh, Jack Easterby and Matt Barzingen. Um, Sounds
3: like a lot of cooks in the kitchen.
4: A lot of cooks in the kitchen, you know, and then that's kind of back to my point where I think if you have the leadership in the locker room, um, I guess you can go without a GM. That's that's kind of unprecedented, really. I'm curious to see
3: where that goes for the Houston Texans. Yeah, that's interesting. It's very interesting. A lot of the times, if you see something like that, my first immediate thought was, oh, so Bill O'Brien's going to run the whole thing. Sure. Um, but doesn't seem that way. No. Okay. So I'm gonna keep an eye on. All right. Well, depending on how that move works out, the Texans may either be balling or falling. Love that segue. Next year. Love that segue. So are we getting into it, balling and falling. Oh,
0: cheese oh! music.
3: Yes. We are teasing, Ballin' break. and falling. That's yeah. That's you got to you got to hang with us, people. That's that's kind of the idea here. I, I hear you. I like it. Yep. I like it a lot. All right, balling and Fallin', It's coming up next here on ESPN six nine. Watching and listening to Action Sports Jacks. live on the radio, live on the interwebs. Not to mention, we got our streams on Twitter and Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Really, anywhere you want to check it out. You certainly have the opportunity to do that. But what if you want to check it out in person? You might have heard the uh, ads as voiced by our good friend Kuz uh, throughout the course of the show. Uh, WOKV, our radio partner, is putting on a carathon to benefit the Child Cancer Fund of Northeast Florida. And one of the items that you can bid on, a little behind-the-scenes experience, of all things Action Sports Jacks, which sounds like a pretty good experience, doesn't it? So they can come in the studio and hang out with us a little bit? Come in the studio? Yeah. Check out the radio side? <clears throat> yep. And then get to take a look at the TV side as well. I'll tell you what, didn't sign up for this, but I can't
4: wait because it's for a good cause, obviously. And, um, yeah, I'd be totally down to introduce people into the lives of ESPN 690 and Action Sports
3: Jacks. So the uh, the items are currently live. And up for bidding right now. Yep. And out of all the items on there, a few have gotten bids already. One of them? Yeah. The in-studio experience with Action Sports Jacks. For sure.
4: Actually, that that was my bid because I felt like if I got fired, I can still come back. <laughs> and then that was my loophole.
2: I was going to say, I took pride in when I checked it uh, that we were one of the first ones to get a bid I'm on.
3: just kidding. That wasn't me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Another, very cool. another one, by the way, a, uh, a bit of extra access. To Jaguars All Access on our TV side, our uh, show that we do with our partnership with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, I'm very Uh, familiar with it. Yeah, Mellow Mushroom. It includes a a special table for four for the group that wins this bidding, Mm -hmm. as well as a chance to get a little quick meet and greet with Calais Campbell. I think everyone's heard of him. Yeah, plays plays football. Football, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And whoever the guest is that week. Cool. So uh, a couple items that was also also has been bid on already because. People want the sports items. Right on. Uh, Check out our website if you want to go and vote, or not vote, bid on these events. And remember, all the money is going to Cherry. So ESPN690.com is where you can check that out. I'm not
4: going to share my lunch with anybody that comes in here, though, just to let you know. That should be in the disclaimer. That's pretty obvious. I should also
2: put out there, if you're coming in with a little bit too hot of a sports take... Austin may get upset with you.
4: Oh, so uh, I'm, I'm like the hothead now all of a sudden? Yeah, I no. probably will get upset with you. Mention, <laughs> mention fights during training camp uh, being a distraction to a team, uh, and and I will lose it on you. Ross Tucker talking to you.
3: <clears throat> all right, I'm good. All I'm saying is sports is better than weather because meteorologists for the day doesn't have any bids yet.
4: Dude, I'll sign up for
3: that. I, I we have to go on the green screen. Dude, I want to be.
4: I, I want a special guest meteorologist for one day where I can go in and talk about the weather. I think
3: I would kill it. They got some good things on here. You got golf with John Bachman's on there.
4: Okay. I'm just
2: saying they could work with that. Your last name's Lane. It rhymes with rain. Yeah, like there's something you can do with that.
3: Yeah, we uh, got some
4: rain over here and we got some rain over there. Yeah, I'm I'm in. You got,
3: <laughs> kicking it with some Josh Cody. You can go play top golf with Josh Goby, that's up for bidding. Okay. Some cool stuff on yeah. there. So go uh, go check it out. ESPN690.com. There's a big old link on there. You yeah. can check it out. So that would be ballin'. That's ballin'. Like, like for Always instance ballin'. right
4: now. Uh this is uh Austin Lane talking about rain. Doppler Jacks is showing us that we have some nimbus clouds moving what in from the your, southwest.
2: Uh, what would your
4: uh, First of all, don't ever cut me off when I'm doing my meteorology. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to bypass that real quick. Uh, it looks like we may have some showers coming in here, Stuart. I would give it about a 30 to 40% chance. So if you're on the greens right now, I uh, might want to finish up that back nine and get off the course. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be hot. All right, guys, that's all I got for the weather. Have a great day.
3: A <laughs> little, little behind the curtain for you. The First Alert meteorology team doesn't use percentages.
4: Oh, that's cool. I do. I'm just, Austin Lane just
3: that brings you know. the rain
2: does, so guess what? Get used to it. Kuz, what are you going to say now? No, so like in Philadelphia. Yes. Our I've heard of it. Our team. It's always sunny. That the, 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 I don't even know what channel it is. I'm trying to think it off the of uh, top of my head, but he goes by Hurricane Schwartz. So ah, like would you have a nickname like or would you just go by Austin Lane?
4: <sighs> Bringing the rain lane. Bring the rain. Make it rain. Make it rain lane. Um, yeah, but I, I like feel like that, that could be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, right. that could be misconceived for something else. That's uh, okay. As it was with Blaine Gabbert, if you saw his Blaine
3: Gabbert t-shirts yeah. back in the day. So, uh,
4: so there's there is on
3: something. There's Austin Lane's future in this business. Yeah, which we, is also balling. We
4: got some rain, but speaking of balling, right. uh, we right. we there talked a little about it a little go. bit. Uh, to start out the show, but I want to talk about it some more because I think it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in an All-Star game. Uh, and that's players being mic'd up. And one guy that sticks out to me is uh, Brave Slugger Freddie Freeman. During his first at-bat versus Justin Verlander, I have no idea how it's even possible how you can do an interview and at the same time try to get a hit off one of the biggest arms in Major League Baseball. Coos talks in my ear for two seconds and I completely shut down and I can't do two things at once. Check Got some of this audio here. It's, it's great audio.
1: I'm talking to now, I know what you're going to throw me. You're going to tell me. First bet ever with the thing in my ear.
5: Hey. I've never taken a heater in my life.
1: Hey. Hey. Oh, that was unfair, Freddie. Wow. It strike, guys.
5: It was a strike, All right. and I'm
1: a pitcher, I so really I'm being I'm fair. Back
4: here, then. <laughs> wow. Here comes the high heater.
5: Oh! oh. oh. Oh, well throw strike.
4: That was a good take, Freddie. Thanks, guys. I really thought he was going heater there.
5: Great!
1: Got him with a breaking ball, Freddie. You're a prince.
4: Man, I have no idea how he was able to do those two things at once. Um as if it's not hard enough to hit a fastball as it, as it is, uh, to do an interview as well it was to be pretty fair. epic.
2: Technically didn't. I mean, he struck out, right?
4: Well, that's that's a good point. He did strike out. Maybe that was because he was doing the interview at the same time. But still, props for trying it. I think he was striking out regardless.
3: Yeah. In that at bat. Well, and, yeah. and I'm, you know I'm a lot He's was, really good.
4: Because Justin Verlander was ticked
3: off with all the home runs getting there. Yeah, that's true. Well, he wasn't having it today. I did a. Uh, not to compare to me. Here we go. More, more cross country talk. Can't wait. Get, let's get into it. No, I'm going inside our business. Oh, okay. So. Fletcher High School, mm-hmm. uh, they do a little midnight madness at the start of high school football practice. We're at 12.01 of the first day you can practice, they get out there. They practice at midnight? Yeah. Nice. A couple schools in the area do. Christchurch Academy does it as well. Okay. Um, so I have been live at Fletcher a few times, and obviously they can't do a whole lot of stuff. They're not in pads. They're still in conditioning. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they call it the, uh, the county fair. Oh, yeah. I've had county I've sure had a county fair. Oh, yeah. And so what we did for the show, because our shows are at 10.30 and 11.30 before the practice. Okay. Um, To make it visual, we had uh, one of their coaches run me through the county fair. Yes. And so I did that while I was mic'd up Mm. with an IFB. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, one of my coworkers on the other side talking me through it as I'm kind of doing all this stuff. Sure. Uh, It was very difficult. Were you doing an interview, too, or were you just – I was the one talking. Well, I, there wasn't anyone I was talking to. I was talking okay. back to our host yep. in the studio. Okay, and uh, and that was tough. I, I believe it. First man. First of all, it was very difficult for me trying to like flip tires. Well, first and, of all,
4: the county fair in general is rough. Yeah, no doubt. Um, not necessarily the same thing as hitting a fastball off Justin Verlander and doing an interview, but it's it's in the realm.
3: It's as close of a personal experience as I can share <laughs> to relate to it. Because you had a microphone on. I get that. I get that. Yeah. I, get that. yeah. I, but, um, I broke the microphone at the end, by the way. Did you really? Yeah. Did it come out of your I had bill? To, or did I it... had to do a... No. Okay. No. Well, I don't come know. On. No. Well, we, it's, it's good to know if I break a microphone now. We have engineers to fix those things. Fair enough. Because it was in the line of duty. Okay. I, I had to do a front flip onto a mat to end it. Okay. Like, after a long run, I had to do like, a... Like a, a celebration? Point. Yeah, a little... Gotcha. All right, I'm done. So yeah. I did it, and the, the pack... On my back belt loop, it, like, came free from the belt, and then, like, the cable ripped out of the box, and the box went flying. So at that point, I could only wave at the camera because I had no microphone. (laughs) That was it for that. Fair enough, man. That's pretty ballin'. Yeah, it is pretty ballin'. You know what? Ballin' is me when I did—no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Who is ballin' is the Jacksonville Armada under-23 side. They are ballin' tonight against Miami FC in the playoffs of the NPSL. Big game for them big game for them. It's a developmental season, so good luck to the guys. Go go make us proud. Go have fun out there and keep balling as they have been through the course of the season.
4: My following real quick is the World Tennis Association. I had no idea this was even a rule until Roger Federer spoke out against it yesterday. Apparently, Coco Goff, the 15-year-old phenom who made it to the round of 16 at Wimbledon, has to pick and choose how many tournaments she can play in because she fits the category of a 14- to 17-year-old female. However, if you're over 16 years old, I'm so yeah, over 16 years old and a male, you can play as many games as you want to. It's a rule that was put in place in 1994 in response to Jennifer Capriati, who was 13 when she started playing, definitely too young. Uh, she dealt with struggles and unfortunately didn't live up to the hype. But you gotta change the rule for Coco Golf, man. I mean, she's a phenom. She's a star. She wants to play tennis. Let the girl play, please. Okay. Are, are you against that? There's parts Let's get of, into it. We'll get into After it next. After the break.
3: How's that? <laughs> my my fallen is also tennis-related, and we'll, we'll bring <laughs> that up it. next on ESPN 690. I'm going to add to that promo. Stuart Weber. He has sports accomplishments that no one else would consider accomplishments. There it is, man. Welcome to the club. That's me. Yeah. So as you were getting into your quick fall-in there, uh, not happy with the WTAs current policy, which doesn't allow young female tennis players to overexert themselves.
4: So you're good enough to make the round of 16 and beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon, but you're not good enough to play more than 16 events a year?
3: 16 events is a lot of events. I want to say Serena hasn't played 16 events in the last four years in a season. I know she was hurt for some of She's also of that, been but hurt and had a baby. Yeah, but the point is If you're a young rising star, you can stunt your development with all that competition and with being in the limelight. If you were talking about football, you need practice, right? Yeah, absolutely. But you also play in games.
4: You play football games. 16 of them. Okay, but football is in tennis, man. Well, I'm saying in tennis. Football is a lot more physical than tennis, with all due respect to tennis players.
3: And it's not as much about physical. It's certainly about improving your craft, and it's certainly about being a teenager. Yeah. You don't have the mental the mental wherewithal to be able to fully handle it. Jennifer Capriotti, you mentioned her name, mm-hmm. is the perfect example of it. Absolutely. First onto the scene, did so well, and then she had a big fall from grace. Mm-hmm. When she was older, more mature, she came back. She won three Grand Slam singles events. Yeah, uh, she agreed. Was, so I maybe the numbers aren't right, but I, I am okay with there being framework to keep these younger athletes from burning themselves out. Okay, but then you want to talk about pressure.
4: We can have a 15-year-old Tara Lipinski compete in the Olympics to represent our country? We can have these 13, 14-year-olds go to the Olympics, um, and that's cool, but we can't have Coco playing any tournament she wants to because she's too young and we don't want her to get burnt out. I mean, listen, I'm not a tennis expert, haven't really played it a lot, but I feel like the only way to get better at tennis is
3: playing more tennis. Okay, play more tennis, but don't play it on the WTA. You want her grinding at these lower-level events that – in the grand scheme of things maybe don't matter. I think she it's doesn't
4: so, she doesn't have to. But she should still have the choice. She should still have the choice to make the decision. If you beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon, you can play in whatever tournament you want to play in my opinion. I don't know. I, I disagree.
5: No, yeah, okay. I,
3: I think a performance at Wimbledon alone is is not enough to to determine that. But that's let the biggest me, stage though, is it not?
2: Let me ask you this from from a uh college sports standpoint sure you know how they kind of stop college players you know even in the NBA and this is the way I'll bring it up in the NBA you know when you come out after your first year a lot of times the argument against is you're way too young you're not going to be able to compete with these high level athletes and that can hurt you and stunt your growth which a lot of people you know Talk about you know Wiggins, for example. He's putting up numbers, but he's never reached his potential, and they think it's because he came out too well, soon. Well, th- there's been
4: a there's been a million right. uh, NBA uh, so, busts that come out and, of high and
2: school. So could Darius that Miles. could that be the side of it? Is yeah, and, the uh, people you're competing against just have so much more experience. Wouldn't you want to hone your craft before going up against those and, stars?
4: Uh, yeah. But but that's like saying where. For instance, let's, let's take Darius Miles, the guy I mentioned. Darius Miles out of Chicago, drafted by the Clippers, supposed to be the next big thing, didn't pan out that way. But that would be like Darius Miles playing in an NBA summer league game against the top competition and doing pretty good for himself.
2: You know, like Well it would be more like staying <clears throat> it would be more like staying and learning the game, like from a from a mental standpoint, another year. So I you can mature that.
4: to it. But with Coco's case, I mean, she went against the who's who already. Right. You know, like, there, there wasn't like, there was like the minors up until Wimbledon. I mean, she was at Wimbledon. She competed against some of the best tennis players in the world. And guess what? She did pretty damn well at it. So, I get what you're trying to say, though, Kuz. And... Uh, I think if you were to compare a sport to that, I think basketball is a great sport, because as opposed to football, there's no 15- year-old there that's going to play football, right. that's going to make an NFL. You're just not physical enough. But I just believe that if you show on the biggest stage, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's Wimbledon, whether it's the Masters, if you perform well on the biggest stage with all the pressure on you, quote unquote, I think you have the right to do
3: whatever tournament you want to do. Just my opinion. Sure.: Yeah. Agree to disagree. All good, man. Let's hear it to your fallen. All right. My fallen is also involved in the fine world of tennis. The person who's fallen for me, Roberto Bautista Agut. Okay. Do you know who that is? No idea. You know, you probably should. You know why? Why? He's in the semifinals at Wimbledon. Oh, there you go. But but this guy has fallen because the other three are Novak Djokovic. Pretty good. Rafa Nadal. Not bad. And Roger Federer. Swag. Roberto Bautista Agut has been grinding yes. in the world of professional tennis for a decade. This is his first ever semifinal. Nice. And he won't get mentioned once <laughs> other than the the winner of this big matchup between uh, Nadal and Federer gets to take on Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Because Djokovic is going to sweep him in three. But you the, think so? Yes. Is this a guarantee? We yes. just talked about making predictions. Yes. Yes? All right. I think Djokovic is going to sweep him. In Save the audio. Maybe that's why he's fallen. Save the audio. But no, I mean that's that, that's an excellent point, though. Sorry, Roberto. Yeah. Okay. I think I think it, it more it's more than fallen. That's a bummer for this dude. Dude's been grinding for a decade, and he's going to get no love because he's he's got the big three who are there. Do you think? I mean, you're
4: a guy that follows tennis. Will we ever see like? domination like those three players that you just mentioned
3: yeah ever you think we'll see that again yeah i'm whenever people ask will we ever see in the future i I almost always lean towards yes because everything's cyclical and if we do it long enough we will see something you know that's kind of how i look at it okay um there are some records that it's like how's that ever going to be beaten and then you go and see somebody beat it yeah it's like how is anyone ever going to win that much money on jeopardy well there it almost happened True. You know, so there's always good example there, Stuart. Jeopardy, but <laughs> you know that—that's kind of my point is that that can always happen. Um, so balling. Who, ball who do you see winning Wimbledon? From from the men's and the female? Yeah, I like the Joker. Give me the Joker. Give me the top seed. Give okay, me Novak Djokovic. Okay. And from the women, ah, Serena Williams. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Locked in. I mean, she could get upset, but I'll take Serena. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a. I like favorites. Give me the favorites. All right. Really going on on a limb here,
0: Chalk City, dude.
4: I do what I can. Chalk City, (laughs) I love Chalk City. Well, when we come back, it's almost that time to make our SP predictions. Yeah, and what are we gonna put on the line? What's gonna be on the line here? Oh, and Kuz, you're involved too, so get your picks ready as well. It's going to be a 3 way I didn't way... know the categories we were choosing, so I just picked five. Well, to be honest, I, I did zero research to make it fair, too. Okay, so okay. I think we'll all be in the same boat. I haven't here. even seen the nominees yet. I'm excited. Yeah. Buckle your seatbelts. we got SB Predictions coming back on ESPN 690.
2: The WOKV Carathon auction to benefit the Child Cancer Fund of Northeast Florida is live. Right now, you can bid on a chance to join the Action Sports Jacks team for a jam-packed afternoon of sports talk and debate. And then after, you'll head down to the CBS 47 and Fox 30 studios for a tour and the chance to watch a live newscast and sportscast with the Action News Jacks team. Winning bids will go directly to help families with bill payment assistance and more. Head to ESPN 690 now and bid. Auction closes Monday morning.
4: It's the SBs. It's about that time. They're coming up. We've teased it for the past two and a half hours. We have, and now we're going to
3: fit into the last
4: ten minutes. Our S P picks. The much-awaited SB picks are coming up right now. What is on the line, you guys, for the bet? By the way,
3: we before didn't, we get started, we didn't discuss that. How about um, uh, winner gets the punch coups? Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to do that regardless. What One the of these days, so you get a punch, punch yourself. Win-win for everybody. It is a win-win for so everybody.
4: We, 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 we need something to play for here. Hurry up and someone come up with something. Uh,
3: Probably should have done this before. Yeah, but. that would have been good if we'd have thought about that during the break. Sorry, too busy writing the show. Uh, whoa. Yeah. That's aggressive. Oh, yeah.
1: All right, well, we'll figure it out later, yeah, we'll I guess. we'll figure that out we'll, later. We'll
3: do some kind of
4: pepper challenge or something. accountability
3: thing? Here we are. Yeah, here we are. All right. Gotta love it. All right.
4: So we got Kuz on the phone, so he can't take part until he's he gets off. He's it. here, he's
2: good, he's ready. Gary suggests that Loser has to bring lunch the next day. Yeah,
4: but I bring lunch regardless, so yeah, I'm not sharing. Meals yeah, I think, but I think
2: what he's talking about is, like, for the room. You know what I mean? No, I got
3: that.
4: I like he's already on a,
2: he's on a meal plan. He's on a strict diet. Yeah, you're Somebody's got to
4: suffer. It's hard to shop
2: for in that department. Yeah,
4: so Someone's going to suffer. All right, so all right.
3: let's get right
2: into yeah, it here. It.
4: First nominee, best male athlete. We got Patrick Mahomes. You're going with the big ones first. Betts, I like Giannis it. Giannis Antetokounmpo okay. is the one that they're in right now. Yeah, right. And Brooks Kepka for golf. Who are we taking for best male athlete? I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes for me as well. Coos. Mahomes off the board?
2: I All was right. going to say Mahomes, but I'm surprised no one's going Brooks because I feel like he's had himself a year. But unless your name
4: is not Tiger Woods, you're not winning an SP for golf and best male athlete, in That's my fair. opinion. But yes, what Brooks Kepka has done is impressive. Uh, best female athlete, we got Brenna Stewart from the Seattle Storm, Simone Biles, who's
3: a gymnast, Alex Morgan. Or Michaela Schifrin, U.S. skiing. Who are we taking, guys? I am taking Simone Biles, who became the most decorated gymnast ever. Okay. I know it's an every four-year sport. but
2: See, I'm using a little bit of um, psychology here because who's on the same page. soccer happened so recently. Me who's on the same I'm page. I'm going Alex Morgan. Alex
4: Morgan. There's way too much hype right now. Way too much so hype. So much hype. Yep. And they're going to be there. That, that, that whole party going on that they've been doing for the past week, it seems like now.
3: Yeah. It was really cool that she won MVP of that tournament and now we'll win this too. Oh, wait, she didn't. One of the players on her team did better than her. Ooh. No, for sure.
4: But still, Alex Morgan so, Soccer. We are. Yep. Uh, yeah. Next, we got Best Breakthrough Athlete. Okay. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Kristen Yelich. What's mm-hmm. up, dog? I think uh, I know where uh, he Trey, you're going. Trey Young. What's up, Christian? Uh,
3: and Naomi Osaka. Who's who you got?
2: I'm going Barkley.
3: Mm. plays football mm. yeah you, you want to go last right i'll, I'll go last whatever. A, I, mean, I can feel you want to go last i'm going naomi osaka wow that's good that's a huge no, breakthrough yeah. by beating serena williams the problem is she hasn't sustained it yeah she kind of has had some letdowns this season
4: as much as it pains me to say I'm
3: going Saquon Barkley.
4: Yeah. Okay. because I He's think like top social, five in, yeah, yeah, dude, the dudes are freaking nature. Social media is a big thing in this, and I think football is going to always rule over baseball. With all due respect to my boy Christian Yelich. All right, uh, next we have best game. Uh, we have the NCAA football, LSU versus Texas A&M. Aggies win seven over, uh, in seven overtimes, 74 to 72. We have NFL week 11, the Rams 54, the Kansas City Chiefs 51 on Monday Night Football. And then we have NCAA Final Four, Notre Dame versus UConn 26 lead changes. I actually watched all three of these games live. Where
3: are we going guys? Monday Night Football. Rams beating the Chiefs, uh, Huge watershed moment! All that offense, everyone locked in, and two teams that obviously had terrific seasons.
2: Yeah, I'm going with that too. But I'm going with the psychology side of it. Again, Monday Night Football probably had the most eyes on it, so that would you know, in theory, garnish the most votes.
4: I'm going with the upset. I'm going with the Final Four women yep. because I feel like UConn going down the power, so they were. That's true. Um, I think that's going to be the ticket. So NCAA Final Four is my best game pick. Best record-breaking performance. Drew Brees passing Peyton Manning for 71,940 career passing yards. Uh, Sabrina Lonescu of Oregon Basketball recorded her 13 triple-double. There you go. Thanks, man. Sorry. (laughs) Got it. Uh, Clay Thompson breaking Steph Curry's Three-point record in a game with 14, or Matthew Bowling becoming the first ever high school high schooler to break the 10-second barrier in the 100-meter dash, dropping a 9.98. Was that Matthew Bowling or Matthew Bowling? Nice man. Ah, just make your pick, please.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Aggressive.
3: <laughs> wow. I'm trying to get through them all. We got a lot to get through here. Drew Brees is my pick. Drew Brees.
2: Come on, I'm going Matthew.
5: Ballin. Young kid Ballin. making the
4: runs. White white lightning. Yeah, man. Okay, taking white landing. Come go- on. He's going to Georgia. I couldn't pick him. Oh, fair enough. I think I got to go Drew Brees here, too, just because I think the guy's got to get an award. He's he's a stand-up individual. Um, with all the respect he to Matthew He broke a Bowling. record that
3: you're going to remember.
4: True. That's My a good opinion. point, too. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, what do we got next here? We got best NFL player. The choices are Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald,
3: Todd Gurley, or Drew Brees. So I love the ESPYS when they put players from different sports against each other. Mm-hmm. I have zero interest in awards being handed out that have already been handed out. Who is the MVP of the NFL this year? Patrick Mahomes. That's who it is. Yeah. In every one of these next few categories, they already have handed out this award when they gave the MVP out. Mm, in my opinion, we'll that's see. how
0: that's
2: yep. how
3: I like to do it. Okay, Cheers. so Mahomes.
2: Yeah, I, t- I tend to b- agree. Like, I wanted to go Drew b- Breeze, but, like, Patrick Mahomes definitely had, you know, people talking this year. And I'm not, it's not to say Breeze didn't, but, you know.
4: So, if you got to go somebody, have to go Aaron Donald, I think, as a dark horse. I mean, he was Defensive yeah. Player of the Year, but I'm going Patrick Mahomes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, best NBA player. This one's interesting to me.
3: It is because there was more controversy as to who is going to win. Well, to me, there's more controversy of who's
4: not even on the list. So we have Giannis Kempo. James Harden, Kevin Durant, or Paul George? Where's Kawhi Leonard? Right. I mean, the guy won the finals, put the team on his back, not even in the category. Who are you guys taking? Kuz?
2: Oh, man. I'm going to, you know, in the league, I'm going Kevin Durant.
3: Okay. Who won the MVP? Giannis out of the camp.
4: Yeah. I'm taking Giannis as well, but I'll be honest. If Kawhi was in this list, yeah. I would take Kawhi. And You'd it, have
3: to. Because you yeah. were including playoff
4: performance yeah. as well. Well, it's, sure. it's the best uh, NBA maybe, player.
2: Stuart, maybe that's the caveat yeah, to at least maybe. some of this. Is, is able to add
3: that in. Includes the playoffs. I don't know. I'm just making for boring radio when uh-huh. I just keep picking the MVP. Well, here you <laughs> go.
4: You got two MVPs to pick from. Best Kay. MLB player. Yeah. Mookie Betts. Yep. Christian Yelich. Jacob deGrom. Blake Snell. Give me Yelly. Former Jacksonville Sun. Goose
2: i been going with Yelich too. Thank you very
4: much. The guy I hit for two cycles in a season. Yeah, he's the best baseball player around. Thank you very much. And that
3: concludes our S B picks. <laughs> we got one more, don't we? What do you? What else you want? A best team?
2: Oh my a bad. Best esports league performance. No, we're performance. not doing
3: esports. If we're not doing bowling, we're not doing
2: eSports. Check out these
3: eSports moments real quick. <laughs> Sonic Fox
2: winning Stop. Evo after
4: switching sides. Team Liquid upsets defending champ Invictus at Gaming MS1. What about the Cloud9 winning the CS against Gold Boston Major? And you cannot forget about the Invictus League of Legends World can't Championships. can't forget that, no. Cool, who's going to win that
3: one?
2: The uh, second one you said <laughs> <Yeah, good one. laughs> very good.
3: Very uh, good. I'm Best team for... all right I got them Boston Red Sox. Thank you. Clemson Tigers for college football New England Patriots, Toronto Raptors, the Baylor Bears women's basketball team, the Virginia Cavaliers men's basketball team, or the red, white and blue who just came home with a World Cup title. I mean, it's obviously a
4: no-brainer. It's the U.S. Women's National Team. It's fresh. It's new. Beyonce is going to be singing Who Runs the World, girls, when they come out. They're definitely going to win it. I like the sound of that. That
3: sounds good. Who runs the world, girls. Yep. Who do you got? I'm taking the Raptors. I wow. feel like it was a great team performance. Oh, you guys. And wow. I feel like they they shocked the world. They absolutely did. The yeah. USA was expected to win. So I like the Raptors. For That's that. a good point. I, I just think of
4: how the USA did it and how everyone was talking about it. Guess what? No one's watching the Raptors and talking about the Raptors. Well, you
3: can find out who actually wins if you watch the ESPYs tonight, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Is, is, is it going to be on ESPN 690com Can you listen to it or not? I don't think they're doing play can, by play. Can on you there. play by play for the
4: ESPYs? There he is.
3: That's our no. show. He won. Okay, never up, mind. On Thursday.